Ben, I got a pitch. Pitch it. We're talking about a movie today, Total Recall. Mm-hmm. Big old budget, but it made a whole lot of money back in the day. That's top, right, big bucks. Top five of that year, and it's a pretty big Ooh. year. Let me tell you, uh, they didn't ever make a sequel. And, and mm-hmm. I'm here to pitch this to you. Are you ready for Tootle Recall? Ooh, okay, with the two in the front. Tootle yeah. Recall. Toodle this is good. Recall. I'm on board already. Get your ass back to Mars. Oh, God, it's got a ring to it, man. I want to go back to Mars with Arnie. <laughs> but guess what? I'm not done. These are the days of the trilogy. I'm talking about Total Three Call. Oh my God, dude! And like you could make the the three in the logo and stuff. It just makes sense. Absolutely, uh, Total Three uh, Quaid, Call. You never went to Mars. Oh, so now you have to go. Yeah. And then, like ten years later, you get the ultra disappointing Tote Foral Three Foral Foral. Yeah, total reek foral is is like uh, Arnold's not in it. Like you know, uh-uh, not no. but then they Straight wait about video. five years and they make Total Recall, but it's the fifth. Yeah, one. it's just the same, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's the fifth. And one. Then you attach the year that it came out to right. the name, <laughs> and it's not confusing anymore. Yeah, see, we're gonna make money. We're gonna make money, Hollywood. Call us man alive all the hottest hollywood ideas here in the new inst- installment of the podcast you're listening to it's dead and lovely here with the host with the most it's me your good buddy uncle ben eller and me your uh, other guy hollywood steve spratling the other one uh i gotta give credit for toodle recall to anna <laughs> who said it the other night and it's i thought it was genius a good idea it's a good idea we're going to be talking today about total recal from uh what is this 1990 is that right 1990 yeah and by the way wow. one of the screenwriters in the making of for this like seriously he'd been working on it since 1974 and he calls it total recall no yep that just doesn't sound right at all. Total recall? No, nope. nope, it does not. <laughs> no, it needs to be recall. It's recall, guy. Come on. Oh, that's fucked up, man. I hate hearing that. That's disappointing, actually. I know. <laughs> well, he's Half got... a point deducted from the score just for that. <laughs> he's got really big eyebrows, so that explains some of it. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. you know, he brings yeah. some charm back with them big yeah. old bushy eye caterpillars he's yeah, got. Yeah, he's huh? like, total recall, and then wiggles those eyebrows, and you're like, all right, bing, bing, whatever. Bing, bing. Yeah. yeah, I get it, man. <laughs> Big ol' eyebrows will get away with a lot of stuff, I'll tell you that, man. Absolutely. Well, we're going to be busting this sci-fi wild card down for you guys later on in the episode. This is uh, not our usual fare. It's not exactly a horror movie, although there are things that happen in this that are horrifying, and oh, it is sure. violent as fuck. <laughs> and some of the best practical gore effects you'll ever see. Oh my God, man, right? But we wanted to give you guys something a little different here for the week of Cretmos, whether you're celebrating, whether you're not celebrating, maybe you're straight up Grinching, and you just want to uh, to have yourself a good time. That is what we are here to do with this wild card installment. If you want to get straight to the movie talk about Total Recal, there's a, a timestamp for you in the podcast description. You can get your ass to there, but mm-hmm. I recommend you get your ass to getting them socks and shoes off and mm-hmm. hanging out with Chubb Boy. That's while right. we catch up, shoot the shit, and have a good time. I'm also going to have myself a Kobe Cole. Oh, yeah. You want to have one? Uh, I, I don't have one to have, but I'm going to sit over here 
and I'm just gonna have a memory of a time I had a beer. It'll be similar, like. Isn't this a country song? Like, have one to have a memory about a beer. Like, <laughs> have one to have. <laughs> she was the sweetest thing I ever held. Fortunately, Anheuser Busch has implanted memories in your head about every co beer you've ever had. You've never had a beer. You've just had the memories of having a co beer. What about that? What would be the difference? You think? Oh, you uh, know what? Save some calories. Yeah, I was gonna say like I'd probably be a few like pant sizes smaller in the waist. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Now, don't give them any ideas. Corporations are all over this. I'm sure. How can we convince them they had our product without selling it to them? Right, <laughs> and they pay for it anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's coming for sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, for sure. what's coming into my face here in just a moment is another one. Ah. That's the name of a beer <laughs> from um, Burley Oak Brewing Company in Berlin, Maryland. I believe this is a Roger Dean Miller contribution yeah. to this beer that's coming in my face. Coming in your face. <laughs> yep. <laughs> coming in cold. Oh no! <laughs> what? Listen, I don't know what. I would want it to be, but cold sounds wrong. It doesn't sound like that's how you'd want it, right? No, no, mm. no. Maybe it's refreshing, though, you know? Oh, yeah, it's like... <laughs> Ooh, cooled me down, You're like... the sauna. Yeah. He's blowing, yeah. dude. He cools you down some. Ooh, man, I was working up a sweat. It's like when you have like a cool wash rag over your forehead, and it really just chills you out really good, you know? Listen, I encourage anybody here listening to us right now just go out blow somebody right now see if they got cold gum if they do that's your pal next time it's hot Mm-hmm. that's right go. man that's the original cold compress that you put on your head <laughs> <laughs> cool down this is our cold holiday compress <laughs> merry christmas merry christmas <laughs> christmas is coming oh, <laughs> Uh, this is pretty good. It's a double India pale ale. It's 8.4 percentile of alcohol. Um, it's decent. I'm not going to say it's mm. like mind-blowing, but you know what? I, I should have had this fresher. This is one of those ones that I found towards the back of the fridge, and I was like, oh, shit, how long has this been back here? Probably should have had it sometime earlier, but it is a delight. Pretty goddamn good, if right. you ask me. That sounds awesome. I haven't had an IPA in a little bit. Yeah? Maybe I'll try one. Kinder near, bit, 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 whatever I'm kinder, saying. Kinder, kinder near. There you go. Kinder near. That's what I meant. I'll try one kinder near my face next time. <laughs> you know? My brain seriously just went, I don't know. Just say whatever. Just let it out. Kinder Let the near. words out. Yeah. You've been brain drained this week or what? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. A lot it's of, holidays! Yeah, a lot of stress and anxiety because we got to find an Ajita. apartment and move and <laughs> ask Sandy for one. Uh, well, you know what? I will. I'm gonna ask Sandy for an apartment and see if he'll like co-sign and just make the payments. Well, you and I are both experts on moving during the holidays. You and I have both it's, done yeah, this and, and know how great it is. It's a good time. Everybody loves it. <laughs> it's the right time to move the holidays. It is. It is. We're we're you know we're not actually moving till the end of January. Uh, so that's good. We were, we were able to avoid actually doing it at the holidays. So that, but that, still, all the packing and shit. Yeah, I mean, all you, the packing. Yeah, they started a month in advance at least. And actually finding a place and stuff like yeah, it's it's yeah, bleh, kind of not a lot. fun. Yeah, not fun. Anyway, yeah. So the brain's not going great, but hey, 
it's Christmas time. We got the they got the Christmas tree up. We're actually making Christmas cookies tonight, even though we are recording this like uh, two weeks ahead of Christmas. Right, <laughs> we right, wanted right. some Christmas cookies. Man, I wanted to make a bunch of Christmas cookies this year. Like Oma passing away, and basically, you know, two weeks of the holiday season being eaten up by. Uh, you know, all the, the, the family and funeral yeah. and all that jazz going on around that has really eaten into my holiday time. I've made yeah. some Chex Mix, which is, of course, the best. I make the best Chex mm-hmm. Mix. I will brag about it because I right. am correct. Okay. But I, I haven't made a Christmas cookie or nothing, none. Yeah, yeah. We're, I mean, uh, Aunt Anna's mom uh, sent along a really great Christmas cookie recipe. Made it last year. Really enjoyed it. Uh, just made the dough last night. You want to let it sit like... At least overnight to kind of saturate. That's a secret. Yeah, yeah that man. is a sa- yep. uh, secret. So it's been sitting overnight. And as soon as we're done recording, we're gonna fire up some cookies. Ooh. So what kind of cookie is it then? Uh, it's a sugar cookie. Okay. Uh, yeah. But it's got it's got nutmeg and a little lemon extract in it, and Look it's out. just like mm, it's so perfect. It like that the 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 combo of the nutmeg, the the vanilla, the lemon extract. It just really hits the spot. Well, that sounds lovely. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. Well, hope you guys enjoy making yourself a Christmas festive treat. Maybe I will get around to doing that myself. we got a little bit of time here before the holidays, but I have a feeling it's going to get plum busy around these parts, so yeah. I better do it while I've got the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the second, anytime you can just take some time out and make cookies is worth it. Right, and you don't yeah. really want to do that in like hotter weather times. So this is like the perfect time. Just second, you can just steal away for I don't know six or eight hours. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let me ask you this because this is a holiday episode, and we don't care to take fucking side tangents and oh, absolutely stretch and so on. Yeah, because we usually are so conservative. Yeah, no, normally we're anyway. real quick to the straight point. to the point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if somebody hands you a chocolate chip cookie. And it has anything in it other than chocolate chips. I'm talking about an additive of maybe a walnut or a pecan, a peanut, a raisin. How are you feeling about that? Hmm. Okay, so I don't, I don't like nuts in chocolate chip cookies. I there yeah. are cookie. I used to just say I don't like nuts in cookies, but there are cookies that I do like nuts in now. Like now, I've, a, I've a white chocolate macadamia. Well, yeah, exactly. Great. Um, but here's my thing. Okay. I've, I, I worked long and hard on a cookie recipe and I landed on something that you couldn't exactly call a chocolate chip cookie recipe, though. That's where I started, but there are peanut butter chips in there as well. And potato chips. Oh, see, it's like a trash can cookie. Like, I love that. That, That's what I was going to say. Like, if it's just a chocolate chip cookie with a nut in it, no thanks. But if it's a chocolate chip cookie with nuts and pieces of pretzels and peanut butter chips and just M&Ms and just garbage in them, then fuck yeah, I'm okay with it. But just a chocolate chip cookie, don't gild the lily. It's not going to make it. Yeah, that's true. Yes. If somebody, yeah, that's kind of true. Like, I, I wouldn't say to somebody, like, my cookie is a chocolate chip cookie. I'd be right. like, these cookies are whip ass, and they have chocolate chips in them. <laughs> yeah, it's a stoner but cookie. It's got when you, fucking everything. Yeah, in. when you go for a chocolate chip cookie, you just want chocolate chips, and that's exactly right. Whatever type you like, I li- I like it to be chewy, but I do like a nice crisp bottom. That's to me, that's perfect. Hmm, dude, I had a fucking dangerously 
fantastic treat earlier today. So, oh, yeah? Uh, my wife, she was... Your wife was the dangerously fantastic treat. <laughs> she was so fantastic. Dangerously so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not sharing, though. Uh, she was getting tattooed at Rosie's Tattoo here in Knoxville for like six and a half hours today, which is insane yeah. fucking pain marathon. There's no way I could do that. <laughs> getting her whole leg covered in a dang old snack. Fucking sick, man. Looks yeah, amazing. That's right. Uh, but I went to pick her up, and on our way out, passed by this little table of goodies that one of the artists that works at the shop like makes like makes like candies and stuff and they sell them bagged up in the shop uh-huh and so we got a couple of bags of these candies because they looked fucking awesome took them home dude holy fucking shit so they are freeze-dried skittles okay that have been rolled around in tahine okay so, because they've been freeze-dried, they're kind of, like, burst. Like, it almost looks like that white interior of a Skittle has, like, burst through the shell. Uh-huh. And they're almost crunchy like a like a cereal, like tricks or something. Okay. And then you have the salty component uh-huh. and the heat component of the tahine on them. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah? Like, it is... Out okay. of control. I, I wish I was eating them right now. Okay. Fucking insane, man. <laughs> All right. I'm very interested in trying that. I like a Skittle, and I like Dude. everything you just said. So, there you go. There's something about the texture of them where it is just this crunchy candy that's also kind of salty and hot. Holy God, man. Crunchy I mean, candy, salty, unreal. hot. Yeah, yeah. That does sound good. It sounds good to mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's right. That's what I put on my Tinder profile, too, just so you know. <laughs> Just so you know. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's right. You, you doing well on there over on the center? Nope. Uh-uh. No, no hits. Nobody. Not a thing. <laughs> damn nope. it. That's a shame. Not a damn thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, man, it's been a pretty busy week uh, with the funeral and all that jazz. My work kind of got put on hold, so I've been trying to get back on it and uh, crank out some content, do some practicing, get back on it, mm-hmm. work on some collaborative videos that will be coming out later this month that I'm very excited about. And, uh, yeah, it has been very fucking busy. In fact, so busy, I have watched merely one scant movie this week. What did you watch? It is on the Hulu, and I was sold merely based on the cast. Uh, it is a movie called Christmas with the Campbells. Have you heard of this? Uh, no, I have not. So, I think it came out last year, if I'm not mistaken, and I wanted to watch it because it's got Justin Long in it. Which okay. means it's it's going to be weird right away. You okay. know something's yeah, yeah. going to be off about it. And it's also got, uh, what is her name, dude? The blonde from X? Is it like Brittany Snow? Brittany oh, yeah, Frost, Brittany Snow. Like uh-huh. Brittany yeah, Snow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She's the main character in it. And it's got a bunch of other people in there, too. Dude, this movie is fucking bizarre. I okay. think everybody needs to watch this. And I wish I knew the entire story of how the entire thing came about because it has the storyline the look the feel even a lot of the dialogue of just any piece of shit hallmark christmas movie okay Uh, which you know i I am kind of a sucker for anyway yes (laughs) um but it, it totally dead on nails the feel of this but it almost makes you think they bought like some kind of shitty spec script hallmark christmas movie 
and then just invited a bunch of lunatic, weird-ass actors like Justin Long to come and be in the movie and just have them do with it what they wanted to. Well, that sounds fun. And then uh, Brittany, the main character in there, it seems like they didn't change any of her lines from just being a Hallmark movie. So as far as I can tell, she's just in a normal movie, and everybody else around her is acting like a fucking lunatic. (laughs) And it's bizarrely filthy at times. Uh Uh-huh. And then incredibly corny at some times. Dude, this accent that Justin Long is doing, I swear to God, like every line that he has is fucking hysterical. Absolutely hilarious. I have never heard of this. What's it called again? Christmas with the Campbells. Christmas with the Campbells. Watch it. Okay. Dude, you'll die. And it's one of those movies, man, that I'm telling you, you could go over to like your parents' house and just have it on in the background at, you know, family Christmas gathering. Uh Uh-huh. And if the sound was low, nobody would know anything weird was going on. (laughs) Nobody would know anything bizarre and filthy and strange was happening. You'll get it when you see it. Like you gotta watch this movie. It's on Hulu. I'm definitely interested. So, yeah, that sounds so bizarre. I it really is. I love that idea. Really is. Oh yeah, you'll you'll get what I mean when you see it. It just it's so close to being a legit movie, but then it's not really at all. Okay. Um, (laughs) Other than that, we just had a bunch of crap on while we've been you know doing stuff around the house. I put on the night before Christmas, one of my favorite big pieces of shit. Have you seen that one? That's K N I G H T. No, what? <laughs> oh, dude, it's the fucking worst. It's got Vanessa Hudgens in it, and okay. it's got uh, it's got a guy playing a knight that's like we have Heath Ledger at home, basically. <laughs> okay. And uh, have you seen what is that fucking movie? Kate and Leopold, where yes. you know, yeah, yeah, time travel comes into the modern world. Uh-huh. It's that, but with a knight and Vanessa ah. Hudgens and Christmas. Oh, okay. Dude, it is incredibly stupid. Like, holy shit. It's ridiculous. I'm convinced just by the title that it's incredibly stupid. Oh, man. (laughs) Huge piece of garbage. It's totally over that line where it's so bad that it's fun to watch. You know? Like, Mm -hmm. I can't deal with the Hallmark stuff that's just actually kind of whatever. Like, it has to be fucking horrible for me. Yeah, oh, I agree. This is horrible. Yeah, it needs to be just full-on cheese. Just yeah. Melissa Joan Hart and Mario Lopez not even yes. trying. Yeah. Yes, absolutely <laughs> so, man. So, yeah, so that was pretty fun. And uh trying to think. Eh, we just had other just random stuff on, just Christmas movies that we've seen before. Trying to drum up a little bit of holiday spirit as mm-hmm. we close in on the big day. The big day the big when the day. when the big man comes down the chimney and gives us yeah. all the things we desire. Unless you've been bad, mm, then he'll slap you on the ass. Mm. Yeah, he slaps that little ass and he says, "How's yeah. that?" And you're, if you mm-hmm. like it, he's madder at you. Yeah, even worse. Then he does yeah. it again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then he does it again, but in a worse, like more hurtful way. And if you like that, boy. You're going to end up kissing Santa Claus because that's what he's into. Yeah. Yeah. And then he puts coal in your butt. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Cole's his friend. He spits on it first. Yeah. Of course he spits on it first. Come he's on. Mean. He's, he's Santa Claus. <laughs> so um, speaking of, uh, of uh, kind of cheesy movies, um, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, uh, and Home Alone 3. 
We watch those. Man, Humble and Two, dude. Like mm-hmm. it's it's one of those that I watch about every year. I haven't yeah. done it this year. Uh, man, he really should have done something to help that bird lady out. He like, should have some turtle doves. Just anything. Like, well, yeah, just like anything. How about no, a meal? No, I don't know. No, anything, no, you know? Nothing at no, all. <laughs> no. Maybe it was turtle doves. Yeah. Home Alone 3, mm-hmm. this was the first time I've ever watched it. Never seen and, it. And, uh, you know, we're doing the, the Home Alone Hell Rankers because there are six Home Alone movies, apparently. Um, Whoa. Yeah. So we watched Home Alone 3, and it is written by, uh, uh, oh shit, uh, John Hughes. <laughs> My oh. brain farted again. Uh, <laughs> written by John Hughes. And honestly, it's like a late 90s action thriller slash uh, like silly kids movie. Hmm. Like it's it, it's the weirdest vibe, but it was fun. Like I honestly like, had more fun with it than Home Alone 2. Okay. Huh. But it's not good. I'm not saying yeah. it's good. Well, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, anyway, so that Home Alone Hell Ranker should be out b- before Christmas, uh, and we got four and five coming up, and those are both made for TV, and I'm just Ooh. wondering, like, how's this gonna go? Like, what is this gonna, gonna be? gonna go rough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of Home Alone movies, uh, we watched Dial Code Santa, aka Deadly Games, aka One Eight Hundred Santa. It. I remember you've talked about it before, though. It's cool, man. It's a French, uh, you know, Christmas horror movie, home invasion. Kid protects his family, uh, etc. It's does he protect their baguettes and brie? Hmm. And escargot are the escargot you know safe? I don't know if those things are safe in the end. I feel Dude, like I they love, were, though. but they should have shown Listen. like just one big frame of like, okay, all the <laughs> baguettes, the escargot, that's all good. I would love though if I watched this movie and there is a scene where one of the robbers like got knocked down and then the French Cavon, I guess it would be called, um, he puts like a big escargot on the guy's face and he uh-huh. goes, Sacre Blue just like screams <laughs> it really loud. That's French Home Alone right there. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, check out check out uh, Dial Code Santa, Deadly Games, whatever it's called, you'll find it. Um, also, we, we watched Ocean's Thirteen because we watched Ocean's Eleven and Twelve kind of recently. Mm. And we, I was in no hurry to watch Ocean's Thirteen, but boy, no one is. Yeah, nobody ever really is. They didn't even try. Did they? <laughs> like, I don't think they so. Just... It seems very cynical to me. Where it's just yeah. like. You know you're going to see it. Who gives a shit? We put all yeah. these people together again. We filmed something. I don't know. Who cares? Yeah. That's exactly what it feels like. Yeah. yeah. And it's, yeah. Eh, it's just so like, meh. It's still got, you know, all the, you know, things that you like, but no story and no stakes. No, not really. And, yeah. You need that. Yeah, yeah. You do need that. God, that first one's so good though, man. It is. It really is. I uh, also watched uh, a biopic on Lon Chaney called Man of a Thousand Faces and oh, did yeah. a Legacy Brutality uh, Patreon exclusive episode uh, on it. And I'll tell you what, if you're looking for biopics about Lon Chaney, this is the one when it's not, it's not very good. <laughs> okay, so of all of them, it is the best one by default. By default. It, <laughs> it, it, it like... Uh, had an Academy Award nomination for the screenplay, and that is embarrassing. When I was watching Ooh. it, I was like, this screenplay 
was nominated for an Academy Award in 1957. That is like an an indictment on all movies at the time. Mm -hmm. Like, it it is so melodramatic. It is... uh, Anyway, we talked about it a good bit and talked about, uh, you know, the inaccuracies and whatnot of it over there on the Legacy Brutality Patreon. So go check that out. Um, And then also on Friday night, we did a movie uh, called... Oh, yeah. it was We did Dial Code Santa. On Sunday night, we did a movie called uh, Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny, which... The fuck is that? (laughs) Dude. (laughs) Um, Ice Cream Bunny? Yeah. So Lori, I think, saw this when she was younger and it creeped her out. And she found it on YouTube, and so we watched it. And it's not—it's not a horror movie. Um, it's—it's it's a kids, supposedly a kids movie, but it's creepier than a lot of horror movies I've seen, and oh. also just like so befuddling. As you're watching, you're like, "Why? Like, why is this? Like, who? Hmm. Like, you—you you sat down and you were like, "I'm gonna uh, make this movie." about uh, Santa Claus getting lost in Florida and his sleigh getting stuck in the beach and he needs okay. the help of little children to get flying again and the children go and get a, an ice cream bunny to come help. And in between that is an entire different movie. Like opening what? credits of a different movie and then the whole movie, closing credits... And then the resolution of the story about Santa Claus and the ice cream bunny. What the fuck? It's crazy. It's wild. And it's... it's Sounds like a fever dream, man. Yes, exactly. 100%. It was like a fever dream. peanut butter solution fever dream. Yes, yeah. For sure. Less pubes, for sure, but... (laughs) <laughs> oh man um as most movies though <laughs> also on saturday uh jack of all graves had a watch along and we watched the gates with steven oh, Dorf. Yeah. god damn i love that movie dude that's a lot so of fun. great uh you know like stop motion stuff and yeah little guy in a suit stuff and whatnot and that it's a weird yeah, one that's a fun one 80s is fuck man well uh, watching it because i know you absolutely love it and yeah. i only kind of remembered it from childhood and i think i'd kind of rewatched it recently but it didn't really pay much attention that nerdy kid who loves metal that's just you right yeah that's totally me yes <laughs> okay yeah. i realized well, watching that's it, I was like, like oh i see why he loves this <laughs> right it's like okay it's it's not me it's the child that i wish i would have right been, yeah yeah you know? ex- absolutely yeah <laughs> That's totally who I would have been if I wasn't listening to uh, Petra Means Praise and PFR, Jars of Clay, stuff like that. Yeah, that kid, like, I knew so many of that kid in, like, middle school and high school, and he's cool. He's rad. He's cool as shit, dude. That kid fucks, for sure. He does. He gets paid. You know it. Uh Damn, man. Wow. So that's what I've been watching. What a week of watching indeed. Hopefully I'll have some time to get some more of my favorite holiday classics in, man. I've not watched uh I've not watched an elf yet. I've oh, not yeah. watched mm-hmm. a, a Muppet Christmas Carol. I've not yeah, watched I need a to fucking watch Die Hard yet, man. I need to watch a Muppet Christmas Carol. I need to watch a Die Hard. And this year I really uh 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 Colin has had this in the smoking bowl for a while. It's the Adult Swim Yule Log special, which is actually a horror movie. I didn't know. Hmm. Yeah, so I'm going to watch that this year. Yeah, but I, I haven't watched a lot of my, my traditional 
movies yet. We've got, you know, Home Alone 1 and 2 down, so that's good. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, there's there's so many out there that I normally watch. I But we're recording this a little early. Let's not get too hard on ourselves. we got all the time yeah. in the world. Yeah, we got a little time left, man. Yeah, I hope so, spirit. because, like... I've not even started a Return of the King yet, dude. This oh, time right. last year, yes. I think I'd already cruised through the trilogy at least two or yeah. three times. I'm like partially through Two Towers right now. Wow. Yeah. yeah I'm going to have to get on that soon. I I had not even considered that you gotta. you Like, what are you going to do? You're not going to join the Fellowship? You're not going to uh, watch them get split up? You're not going to watch some of them reunited? Uh, and, Come on, dude! And and, and 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 wars and battles and things of that. You're sort. not gonna watch Vigo break his toe on that helmet <laughs> and then point it, it out so to somebody nearby, like, "Hey, he actually broke his toe on that." You know? Yeah, yeah. What are you gonna do? Not that? Come on. What are you? Some kind of a square or a druggist? Get out of here. <laughs> or a square get out of here, druggist. druggist. Yeah, yeah, you're addicted to drugs. <laughs> oh, oh! I thought we were taking down pharmacists finally. <laughs> yeah, go back there and count some pills in a bottle, you yeah, fucking asshole. square. <laughs> Acting all pretentious. You got to be like higher up than me for some reason. What's with that? Yeah, what is with that, pharmacists? Hmm. I don't know. It wow. just seems so pretentious to me. It is. It is. They want you to be looking up to them so that they can be like, your prescription costs $600. And you just Please, go, sir, I guess so. May I have some drugs? <laughs> You say, might I have some insulin so that I don't die? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think no, says, <laughs> says the druggist. You've had insulin this past month. Should be enough. <laughs> Should be enough for you, sir. I'm sitting right now in my, my old school, uh, ta- what do I call it? Tower of Chairer? My <laughs> yes. office chair that randomly the hydraulic pump lets go and I just drop several inches. <laughs> Every time it happens, it's a fun time for the podcast. So it's I always hope, exciting. I hope it hits you this time. Oh, it already has multiple times. I'm oh, doing damn. that because my <laughs> my good chair, it needs a little greasing down. It's gotten really squeaky, and I've not had time oh. to hit it with some water displacement Formula 40 yet. So uh, I'm here in the Tower of Chairer, and it is just scaring the shit out of me periodically. It's keeping me at attention, though. Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah, you it's it probably you're probably engaging your core more because you're thinking, yeah, oh, what if it crashes down? So this is basically exercise. Yeah, it's pretty much exercise. Okay, We're gonna yeah. call it a workout. Yeah. So we'll call it that. <laughs> Two hours of core work. Whew, man alive, dude. Well, guys, we are here to be talking today about Total Recal, which is of course a movie featuring everyone's favorite everyday normal guy jacked as shit all-american man with a strong austrian accent that is one arnie schwarzenegger correct yeah the most american things i can think of apple pie and baseball you know weirdly enough though the the most like american band to me is acdc who are not american even remotely wow that's a good point though but Honestly. they sound so American. Like you want to see like, fucking yeah. Like yeah, you, you want to see Angus Young with a jetpack and an American flag behind him at all times. He's the most American, non-American for sure. Yeah, yeah. You 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 listen to ACDC and it, it does sound like motor oil and like beer. Yeah, beer and 
like just a little if you listen close enough in there like a little bit of like not getting vaccinated just a little yeah bit. probably a little yeah. bit in there, right now <laughs> just a tinge in there and it's like that's pretty american i don't know and and arnie is so american to me too and i don't know why that is but there's nothing yeah. more like blue-blooded wholesome american than an arnie action movie and i cannot figure out why well, I mean, I, I honestly would say that uh, the guy is, is uh, you know, he's a conservative. Uh, we talked about this, I think, around the Predator episode, maybe, or Terminator or whatever. But, yeah, he's politically a conservative guy. And uh, I watched a I watched an interview on Arsenio Hall of him for this movie, and it just, like... I was taken aback to remember just how openly misogynist people were in 1990. They sure were. Yeah, he. Yeah, it was kind of the norm. You know? Yeah, he just like sounds real bad. Like if if he he had that interview now, people would be like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and you know, uh, he either has changed or at the very least has learned not to say certain things. But mm-hmm. um, I think yeah, certainly his own interests were often in the like ultra virile ultra violent movies but he does as we talked about with uh, running man and stuff he does seem to end up in a lot of movies that like question the validity of capitalism and stuff and it's yeah. like does he just not see this stuff or i don't know like yeah like what's going on because i know he, uh, politically he doesn't really align with those ideals uh, hmm. I don't know. But anyway, man. Yeah. But we all love ourselves an Arnie movie. And this week in the preview palace, we're going to do our best to construct our very model of the most ideal Arnie roles. We're going to try to bring to you guys a fully erected Mount Rushwartz. <laughs> Mount Rushwartz. I love it. Yes. In the preview uh, palace. Welcome to the preview yeah. palace. And of course, <laughs> as we enter into talking about Mount Rushmore, just a big fuck you, Mount Rushmore. And, uh, you know, it's dumb and bad. Yeah. Dumb and bad. Um, okay. I, I will say, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll totally put it out there. Yeah. The engineering and artistry of the entire thing, mind blowing. For them to have made that when they did, human hands made that. That's kind of insane. Sure. But the entire principle, I think, yeah, yeah it's yeah. very stupid. <laughs> and yeah. also, Whenever we talk, like, because it's a, it's a, it's a cultural ideal at this point to say Mount Rushmore, and people yes. just know, like, you're saying your top four guys, right? right. Like the right. the best four, the the number, the the four best people, or the four best things, or whatever. I but, assure you, those were not the four best people. Right? <laughs> Teddy I Roosevelt's you. on there. What? <laughs> Why? <laughs> It's a little confusing. Yeah. Mount Rushmore <laughs> should be uh, three, like your three top and one that would get you like yelled at by people. Because that's yeah, what probably. Mount Rushmore is. <laughs> well, that might very well be what we're constructing here. Because Maybe. I know that everybody probably has their own hot take about what should be the Mount Rushmore of Arnie movies. And we even have maybe a slight discrepancy ourselves for what will take that number Maybe. four spot mm-hmm. so we'll get to that but let's let's kick it off here with some of the obvious ones in fact ones that we've covered here on the show yeah <laughs> what do you know about one jimmy james cameron's terminator 
Dose, because my yeah. God, man, you want to tell me that that's not a benchmark Arnie flick? Come on, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like Terminator One, great. Also, James Cameron, r- a lot of great practical effects. It's pretty much a slasher sci-fi movie. Yeah, but nihilistic, Terminator, very dark. Yeah, Terminator Two is like a, a revelation. It is <laughs> like God. just full on like action with some of the best effects you could come up with throughout the 90s and it came out Still in 92 incredible. like yeah um it, yeah it, it's it's amazing he's great in it because he you know he's given a little more range of course he's still playing a robot but uh he's given a little more range to have interactions and to develop uh, you know sympathy from the audience and whatnot and he does a great job with what he's got and uh yeah as we said it, it's, it's also just a great action movie Come on, Guns and Roses. What do you got to complain yeah. about? Bud Nick on a dirt bike. Give it yeah. to me, baby. Uh-huh. Yeah, Arnie's performance in it, like you said, he he is a robot and is therefore very cold and inhuman. Mm. But the physicality to pull that off, like yeah. when he is, you know, moving in to the to the Skynet office and just blowing all those people away with that coldly calculated, emotionless, like mm-hmm. perfect aim. You know, just shooting yeah. everybody exactly where he means to, and just fearlessly strutting through that, uh, you know, that that wall of police officers and shit. Mm-hmm. God damn, dude, the physicality there speaks so highly of his acting abilities to me. Yeah, yeah, and like uh, I think, yeah, it, it really is like. We already knew Arnie was an action star, but it just solidified him as like the guy, you know, <laughs> like totally. If he can take this character that again is a robot and doesn't have a whole lot to it, and make something of it, and yeah, as you said, make the physicality something very unique that you know other people can do, maybe, but maybe the fact that he is a gigantic man. And he also can be very uh, stilted and robotic and, and just keep full control of his muscles. I mean, uh, we saw that in RoboCop, of course. But for an actor to do that, that's a lot of discipline. And Absolutely, yeah. He, he shows that he, at the very least, you know, he can overcome uh, the fact that sometimes his line reads aren't great. Because oh, man, totally. <laughs> this is a robot. <laughs> but it's also too I think the fact that if you saw the first Terminator where he was the antagonist and he was yeah. bad and scary and mm-hmm. you weren't rooting for him at all and then his performance in 2 gets you on his side. Yeah. Like yeah. he's playing that same character again but in a completely different way. Yeah. And that yeah. is very impressive from an it acting is. standpoint. Yeah. It is. God damn, dude. Might be the best action movie ever. Like I I flip-flop on that and like Fury Road cuz god Damn, uh, Fury yeah, Road is that good. Great. Yeah. Woo. I don't even know. Like, yeah, for me, I I don't know what I would put up there, but Terminator yeah. Two is up there for sure. That's an easy choice, you know. Yeah. By the way, uh-huh. did you see the uh, the trailer for the next uh, Fury Road movie? Fury. No, I haven't. I I saw some some uh, screenshots from it. Fuck, uh, man. Is it looking awesome? It's gonna be glorious. I awesome. cannot wait. I cannot fucking wait, man. Oh, Jesus. glorious day. Yeah, that's right, man. Uh-huh. Okay, let's hit another high point in the Arnie world. What do you know about a Predator? A Predator. Well, listen here. Uh, one of my favorite movies as a kid. Saw it again as a teenager. One of my favorite movies as a teenager. Saw it again as an adult. Still one of my favorite movies. Fuck yeah. Predator. Man, 
It's, ten. It, it is. Um, it's tense in a way that you you want from an action movie. You have a, a you know antagonist that has no real agenda except to win and that is yeah. that's awesome like it, like it's hard to root against him honestly because it's like yeah i guess fair fair to him right <laughs> like these guys yep. got guns he's got guns let's see who wins seems like a fair fight man yeah yeah and, and you know in that movie he is very much the the idea of Arnie when you think about Arnie. He is a huge jacked fucking guy that's always strapped with guns and bullets and blowing shit away and blowing shit up and Uh punching people to death and kicking people apart. (laughs) It is very much the typical Arnie kind of role. Uh, But as we talked about whenever we did that episode on the show a while back, man, like the the interpersonal relationships are amazing. And then Mm -hmm. even getting to see especially the back half of the movie where it's mainly him alone after everybody's been killed off and he is just by himself trying to figure out how to survive this and how to beat the predator. He does so much nonverbal acting. You know, he does a lot of acting with his eyes and his facial Uh expressions and you can see his thought process of trying to set these traps and figure out how to survive this. It's a fucking fantastic role for him. Yeah. Yeah. He, he does an amazing job. And of course, like, yeah, like they also just found, you know, GI Joes. Like kids were playing with these huge muscular characters all the time. They had a movie where it was like, "Hey, what if your action figures were, you know, fighting a bad guy?" Yeah. And as a kid, it that? was like, "Yeah, what if? That's really cool." So, fuck yeah. Yeah, having Man. all the like big uh action starry type guys and and all that stuff it it just feels feels bigger than it is because it's a lot of dudes just walking in the the woods honestly oh yeah and shane black's shitty jokes yeah (laughs) (laughs) god dude predator just continues to to age like a fine wine that movie yeah every time i watch it it is such a fucking blast and yeah Mm -hmm. arnie is of course pivotal in what makes it amazing right yeah absolutely Total recall, man. Yeah, I, number, I, I can't deny it. Number three, right up there. It's got to be. This movie, Total Recall, is, man, it's great. It is, uh, you know, I don't want to talk about it too much here, just in case people do skip this to go straight to the, the Losers. review portion. But <laughs> I do feel that way about you. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I think that um, this movie not only you know are we looking at the last time that a huge budget movie would use all practical effects well almost all there right. are very a little very CG minimal in CGI it. yeah but mm-hmm. um and this is the cast is is going huge just like any Verhoeven movie and it's just like all out balls to the wall violent action and amazing practical effects and stuff while also having the mind-bending element like it's that man it's up there it's great right totally man and we get to see him play you know well it's hilarious to think of him as an everyman when he (laughs) yeah we'll talk about sounds yeah yeah, is built the way that he is like Mm. no he is by no means an everyman at all but (laughs) not at all he does go from having this kind of mundane life to suddenly being in this role of being a 
uh, you know, undercover agent, a super spy that's right. an action star that blows shit up and kicks ass. And there's a good balance in this movie too, in Total Recall, of him being, you know, serious action beats and some funny quippy stuff that's not yeah. as over the top as say Running Man, where it's very quippy. Or <laughs> yes. I mean, God forbid, fucking him as uh, Mr. Freeze, Mr. where it's Freeze, nothing yeah. but quips. Obviously, he was killing it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, he's still fucking fantastic in that. Yeah, movie. that's he the is. thing, you know. <laughs> It's so good, man. I want to gush about uh, this movie more as we get into the review, of course. But to me, you know, having just rewatched this for the first time in a while, there's no way this couldn't be on my Mount Rush Schwartz for sure. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, this this absolutely belongs up there. So yeah. it's it's the fourth one. That's it's where, the fourth one, dude. That's and where th- it's this like... is this is where it's gonna pivot, right? Yeah. Like some people would throw a Conan at you. Sure. Yeah. Why? Well, yeah. That's that's not a, a terrible choice, honestly. Like he he's the iconic. star. He's iconic. He's you know, uh, they they used his voice, right? It's not like Hercules in New York. It's his actual right. voice. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. I mean that, that's that's a solid one. There's there's also Commando, another favorite of mine as a kid, which is God. Commando's great. Man. Yeah. Just like real overblown action, like over the top. I very much enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I almost put True Lies on True here Lies, for myself. Solid. That's J- God, Jimmy Cameron too. I love it, man. Yeah, that's also him, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. And yeah, he gets to play around with that character in some really fun ways. Um, not as over the top and just straight comedic as something like Jingle All the Way, which sure. I also love. I unabashedly I love know, Jingle I All the Way. I know you do. I, and I know eventually uh, I'm I'm gonna have to watch it because Anna has not seen it. Take a shot. Oh, gotta take a shot on that one. <laughs> uh, and I haven't seen it in a long time, so maybe it's it's more. It's got Sinbad in it, and I do love Sinbad. So yep, I'll have to check it out again. But I mean, for me, this one like. I, I kind of flip flopped on a few, but for me, I think it's Last Action Hero. Um, it's so fucking good, and I yep. just watched that for the first time this year while I was zonked the fuck out. Or wait, it wasn't this year; it was last year. Uh-huh. While I was zonked the fuck out after having my wisdom teeth removed, uh-huh. I was like super, super put out on the couch. And uh, Kate put that one on and uh, made me mashed potatoes. That's and, great. Uh, it was an enjoyable fucking time. I will yeah. tell you that. It's a great way to watch that movie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you got John McTiernan, director of Die Hard, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and then like all the just full on wall breaking, like every single cameo you can imagine, cartoon cat, uh, Charles Dance is the villain. Like it's it's got so much going for it and also at the same time uh it came out at a time where the kid in it was about the same age as me and i you know i talked about this with home alone like it it felt like there were so many movies you know through the 80s and 90s where the kid was about my age and so i I really like connected with the kid getting to do all these fun things like at home alone he gets set up the traps and beat up joe pesci uh, Childhood and, and, fantasy fulfillment, man. It's a absolutely. drug. Absolutely, everybody wanted to beat up Joe Pesci. Um, but the last action hero was kid gets sucked into the movies, gets to hang out with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I was a huge Schwarzenegger fan as a kid. So, like, last action hero, great, just love it. Hell but yeah! Watching as an adult, it's like, oh, this is a great action movie, and it's honestly not a kids' movie at all. <laughs> right? Yeah, totally, man. God, it's good, man. That's a fun one. So that's that's your fourth choice, huh? Yeah, that's what I'd put up there. What about you? 
Man, I might go for a kindergarten cop. I really oh. might go full on kindergarten cop. It's Who is your daddy and what does he do? Dude, it, it's just so full of iconic, funny, Arnie movement uh, moments. And uh-huh. it's also so fun to see him who we're used to just see seeing him, you know, excel and kick ass yeah. and blow shit up. But you put him in a room with a bunch of kindergartners and he fails. That's yeah. so fun to see. It's fun yeah, it to is. see Arnie do bad and yeah. not be in control of a situation. That's so rare. Uh, I think, you know, uh, I could imagine some people might put the Expendables up there. I haven't watched those movies. And they're I fun, but like the thing is, to me, there's so many people in that. It's hard to find time for him to shine because everybody's uh-huh. in that fucking movie. And I know he's in that um, that like zombie movie, Maggie. Maggie, yeah, yeah. I have yeah. not seen, but I, I hear he's great in it. It's really good. Like that's one of his more emotive performances for sure. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I almost considered putting that on there because it's probably his best acting role. Right. Hmm. But yeah, I, days is cool. There's so many to choose from, man. Yeah, I, I think like. We're definitely showing our age and our choices for, for sure. best Arnie performances on Mount Rushworts. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'd like I'd like to hear what other people have to say. What's, totally. what's your Mount Rushworts? Head on over there to that Facebook. Let us know. Yeah, let us know in the Facebook group. Sign up today. Join up. Post with your fellow cool people on there and let us know what your top four Arnie rolls are. We would love to hear about them. But now you're about to hear about a Johnny Cab. <laughs> you are about to hear about a Johnny Cab. Mm-hmm, that's right. That's Robert right. Picardo stars in Total Recall. <laughs> 19 and 90. Holy fucking shit, dude. Do you remember the first time you saw this movie or was I it do, a planted yeah. memory? No, I might be. It is, it is very vivid, though. Uh, I... My mom had recently broken up with her boyfriend, who, here's the tea, everybody. Anybody wanting to know about the most recent My Mom rumors, my mom is back with her boyfriend, who she had broken up with at that point in 1990. Yeah. Back with him again. Back with him, 33 years later. I'm around. Damn, picking it right back up. How about that? It's wild. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, uh, we we had moved in with her friend, uh, and we were staying with them for a, for a couple months, and we would just rent movies all the time, and we had rented Pretty Woman and Total Recall. And oh I remember, God! <laughs> what a night! <laughs> what a time to be alive, yeah, dude! Absolutely. Shit. Yeah. So yeah, I I do remember, and I remember, of course, the the three titties. That, that really stood out. But yep. the thing that, honestly, uh, to me as a kid, stood out the most was the, like, them out on the surface of Mars faces just distorting. Like, that as a oh kid my just God. stuck with me. The movie starts there, dude. Yeah. Like, it starts with them yeah. being thrown out into that, you know, negative atmosphere place and their eyes bugging out of their heads and their tongues well, swelling up. It's so it's not, it's fucking not disturbing. It's not that same moment. It is a different moment, which is interesting, because he is huh. having a dream about them in spacesuits, and only he falls down the side of the cliff. And yeah. Smack, yeah. So this is whatever that is, and we'll get to what that might be. Right. Um, that moment is different than any moment that happens in the future. So What an intro, though. What man. an intro, though. Fuck. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah I, totally iconic. I think as a kid, though, I just watched this straightforward and was like, oh, okay, well, he uh, went to go have that memory implanted and it didn't take and he went to Mars. Yeah. Um, and you can watch it that way and it's fine. Sure can, sure can. Yeah. When was the first time you saw this? Man, it was it was many years ago because this is one that Kate and her family grew up watching, and they yeah. were all big fans of Kate's dad is like a super macho guy and, uh-huh. and loves Arnie movies and shit. So they grew up watching that stuff. I did not like I didn't see this until I was an adult, and uh, and I was blown away. I didn't know what to expect because the 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 movie box for this one doesn't really sell anything. No, it doesn't it really does tell not. you anything about what it could be. It looks nope. like it's maybe. Arnie and it's in space or something and the title Total Recall doesn't really tell you anything no, at all. So not at all. I had no idea what this is going to be about and I remember watching it with them and really enjoying it and yeah of course everybody remembers Three Titty Woman and, and uh-huh. all that jazz get your ass to Mars you know the, the high points there and it had been years since I watched this like years and years and years and I uh, just sat down and checked it out the other night here for the show and goddamn, dude, like it, it just jumped up my list of like favorite, yeah, big ass sci fi action Arnie flicks, man. It really, really hit me this time where I'm like, I have so little to complain about this movie. It's just fucking fantastic. I really, really got into this flick. Okay. Well, now, I, I, I remember we were talking about maybe doing John Wick. And then you yeah. texted me, and you were like, kind "Total Recall, dude. Yeah, Total Recall. What? What did something strike you? Were you looking at a comic book from the 1990s, or I, dude? I don't even know. <laughs> Honestly, it was one of those things that just came to me where I was like, That's I haven't cool. watched Total Recall in a long well, time.' Well, hey, like, listen, I'm glad you you picked it because uh, you know, uh, not only is it, was it a fun watch, and of course, fun doing the research because there's a lot to talk mm-hmm. about here. But oh, yeah. also, just like, uh, you know, this was the first time I had rewatched it in a long time. And it was the first time I was like, oh, this is the memory. <laughs> the yeah. whole thing's the memory. Okay. Yeah, okay. Got yeah, it. dude. Yeah. And uh, that's what's fun about this, man. Like, every time that you watch it, it is like a choose your own adventure. You yeah. can choose to sit down and watch this as the movie it presents you, where he sure. is already this double agent that's had his right. memory wiped and all these things that happen mm-hmm. are the result of stuff that he did in his past and that's yeah. just how it is what you see is what you get yep you can watch the whole thing and be like man as soon as that shot goes in his neck everything after that is the dream mm-hmm. and then there's other layers you can watch on top of yes, that too. there are and we'll get to because god damn. yeah i i i fully came to believe that the entire thing is the memory from beginning to end and that the person having the memory doesn't look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I wonder about that. Yeah. that that's a cool idea because yeah. ultimately, if from the very beginning, even before he goes to Total Recall, you know, from the opening credits, yeah, if this is the implanted memory that you're watching, you're yeah. right. Somebody could have chosen, like, in my dream, I want to be... Yeah, fucking six foot twenty, right. weighs a fucking ton. Arnold right. Schwarzenegger, that's jacked. And my wife is Sharon Stone, but right. I also really want to be with this other beautiful woman. Like, right. <laughs> this might just be the choosings of, 
you know the person whose memory that we're watching here entirely yeah and and to me then like everything makes sense because everything is like an anchoring point like Hmm. all the stuff in the first like all the stuff in the first i think 15 minutes continually comes back throughout the rest just continually like everything he said or heard comes back in the movie over and over and over totally and so like it it starts to like be kind of clear that like before this even started the credits even maybe are part of the memory when we're seeing other things he couldn't possibly have seen it's like well how's that part of the memory and it's like yeah well i mean when you play a video game you see stuff your character couldn't possibly have seen because it's part of the narrative and the Mm -hmm. narrative wouldn't make sense without you seeing it so in the memory he's seeing those things or at least that's one reading of course you can look at this entirely as straightforward and it makes sense. Like Verhoeven wanted that to be the case. He wanted it to be ambiguous as to whether it. or not this is fully straightforward or if it's, you know, he starts having the memory at a certain point or if it's all a memory or what's happening at the end specifically. Like yes. some, some people think the end is just the end of the memory. Some people think the end is just this victorious ending because he's saved Mars or whatever. And some people think the end is him uh, having, you know, uh, he's dying. <laughs> he dies. They they give him a, yeah. a uh, what do you call it? Lobotomy. The, lobotomy, yeah. yeah. Because yeah, dude. he had this there's, the, there's like the white light at the corner of the screen that right. starts to fade out. Which seems indicative of like brain death. I mean, yeah. from people who have you know died and came back or whatever, they describe it as yeah, there was a white light and it faded into my vision, right. blocked out my entire sense of vision. Like that's what happens at the end of the movie. Like yeah. you might just be experiencing fucking brain death, which makes this incredibly depressing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would make it incredibly depressing. Absolutely. Like the entire idea, though, is depressing. The concept that you could have a memory implanted to not only like experience all of this stuff but in the future your brain will believe you did those things like you oh, yeah. will have the the experience and all of the like relevant points in your brain for that to be real to you but it didn't happen and that's like you'll still pay somebody for it right and that's that's i mean as we were talking about a little bit earlier like the idea that if a corporation corporations have already figured out they can sell you something without you ever owning it if they can sell you something without ever giving you anything nfts they will 100 percent do it and if Mm -hmm. they can make you think you had a vacation without giving you a vacation guess what they're gonna do (laughs) they're gonna make you think you had a vacation which honestly is a brutal reality especially in a world where we're seeing so many people that cannot afford time off from work cannot afford to take a vacation cannot afford fucking shit because everything is so goddamn expensive now yeah Mm -hmm. if somebody could offer you like oh yeah you can go in and get this thing done after work and you'll have the memory and the euphoria of having an amazing, great trip, a great vacation, yeah. whatever experience it is that you wanted to. 
only it's going to be way cheaper. You don't have to travel. You don't have to take time off from work. Yeah. I know that there's people that would sign up in droves for it. Yeah, absolutely. Because they'd be like, well, at least it'll feel like I got a vacation. Because feeling like you got a vacation is easier than fighting. <laughs> it's easier than fighting back and saying, yeah. no, you can't do this. Um, I, I think also what this has going for it, uh, you know, on that front, on the anti-capitalist front, un- unsurprisingly with Paul Verhoeven, is the idea that when they will be able to sell you oxygen, they're going to. <laughs> Dude. The second they real, man. are able to, they're going to do it. So, yeah. Like when you think, you know, you're out there, you're thinking, why would they let climate change go wild? They'll be affected. No, they won't. But they'll they also be able it, to yeah. sell you a place to be able to breathe. Totally. Uh, which yeah. means you'll owe them everything. Which, oh yeah and if you can't afford it you'll be one of the people that lives under the cheap dome and gets yeah. mutations yeah. and <laughs> psychic powers <laughs> also like we gotta talk about this because this is the most relevant movie somehow it's about an africaner who is mm-hmm. involved mm-hmm. in mining yeah mm-hmm. yeah ultra wealthy and sets up a colony on Mars where he has yeah. complete control over people and sells them oxygen. <laughs> Who would ever do that? That doesn't sound like anybody. That doesn't sound like anybody. No. Not Elon Musk, for sure. Definitely not him. Not ringing any bells what? at How? all. Uh-uh. No, this, completely just, unrealistic. I just want to like look at the the fact that this, this movie is an adaptation of a, a short story written in 1966 and then over you know 16 years it was went through 40 drafts in so many different Good hands God. and we'll talk about the different hands but it landed on something that is somehow entirely prophetic to today I mean, it's just like RoboCop, man. Paul has yeah. some kind of incredible way of predicting yeah. well, what American capitalist kind of society will turn into. He's I think, always been on it. I think it's just that it's always been clear. I mean, we were talking about it before. He's old. He's an old man. Dude, born in 38. 19 yeah. fucking 38. Like, by the time he was yeah. making RoboCop, he was old as fuck. Yeah. And I think, like, yeah, it's just that... We're all so detached from the past, and we we will remain detached from the past, unfortunately, due to constant propagandization. But we're so detached from the past that we don't realize that it's not John Carpenter and Paul Verhoeven predicting the future. It's that this was obvious then. Yeah, it was well, obvious. It's like watching a ball in motion and being like, yeah. it's going to land right there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, if you're looking, you could tell. <laughs> yeah. And so it, it, it's, it's, it's the same today. People are still saying these are the obvious dystopian things that are going to happen. And yeah, no one's moving out of the way. No one Mm-mm. is. We're not. The revolution isn't starting. <laughs> Even though, we, you know, there are nations here where you can't, nations in the entire globe where you can't collect rain. Because somebody else owns the water rights to owns the fucking the rain. That's so, scary. Yep. Just, just th- these things are not like wild predictions from these like uh, absolute geniuses. They're people who are just looking at the way things were. Yeah. And They're not saying, Nostradamus. This is obvious. 
this right. is clear. Yeah. Yeah. So man, a lot, yeah. dude. It, it's amazing, dude. And, and this movie is just brought to you by this this fucking dream team. It's like, how could this have not been amazing when you're talking about know. a short story by Philip K. Dick? Uh huh. Adapted by Dan O'Bannon from yeah. fucking Alien. Mm hmm. Directed by Paul Verhoeven, who is uh-huh. incredible, obviously. Yep. He directed Showgirls. Come on. Um, soundtrack <laughs> by Jerry Goldsmith. Absolutely. Special effects by Rob Botton. Yeah. And then the cast of characters that it has. Come the fuck yeah. on. This is a home run from start to finish, and it's crazy that it turned out that way, considering all the trouble that it had in production. Yeah. Because they've been mm-hmm. trying to make this movie since the 70s, and there just was not the technology available to fucking do it. Yeah, Ronald, Ronald Chassette bought the rights for a thousand dollars back in 1974 this was before dick was huge wow have you read the Bef- book by the way before dick was huge yeah. nice. uh, <laughs> i haven't dick was read still small. it's a short story it's actually not that long so that's why uh we'll talk about it there i there's yeah. some third third act issues for sure because kate read it today while she was getting her tattoo oh, yeah. okay. she said it was like really short she said it was really cool and yeah, yeah it doesn't mm-hmm. really flesh out the movie that we're seeing right. that sets up yeah. a lot of the points that are covered in it yeah, so the that beginning with uh, Ron Chassette and uh, Dan O'Bannon, who worked together uh, back in the day, uh, sitting down and writing up a script and really having trouble with the third act, even then, um, and and not being able to you know find funding for what they wanted to do. Uh, it, it kind of languished for a while until a little bit later when they finally got some funding set up. They, they were about to start, uh, shooting in Australia with Patrick Swayze starring what and <laughs> funding fell through. They already had sets and stuff set up and whatnot. Like it, it, it was, it was getting going funding fell through. Well, the whole time that like, um, they were trying to get it made in the 80s. Uh, Schwarzenegger had become aware of it, and he was really interested in it, and he liked it. Uh, and so, you know, once he kind of got the capital in Hollywood to be able to make projects get made, this was one of them that he, he started to focus on uh, and served largely as a de facto executive producer. Like he was, he was involved in scripting. He was involved in sets. He was involved in yeah. all sorts passionate of stuff. Passionate about it. Very passionate, passionate about, about making this happen. Getting this done, making this huge, epic, practical movie that you just don't see after this a lot. Like you're no. not going to see something that is aside from the X-ray scene, I believe all practical there's blue screen stuff but the the screen is then showing practical models like yeah yeah. you're you're not seeing cgi really here except for the x-ray machine uh cgi and that this is one of the final ones 50 million dollar budget gigantic in 1990 Mm -hmm. um and it didn't fail like it succeeded 100 percent. not only at the box office but also in home video rentals went wild in home video rentals so it it kind of proved that it still needed to exist but hollywood doesn't listen right because that same year home alone comes out 
with a far lower budget and makes more money. And mm, that's that's where you run into issues. Like the Hollywood money men, they are looking for return on investment. If they got to put 50 million in in hopes of making 200 and something million, that's a huge risk. If they can put yeah. 19 million in and make a couple hundred million, that's way better uh, to them. And I, it it's unfortunate because this just proves people want these types of movies. They want these like bombastic casts and these like huge sets and like I mean Ronnie Cox and Michael Ironside in this are going insane. They oh are fair. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And people love this. Like, you know, it went like it did really well in theater back then. People loved it on home video. I remember watching it back in the day. Everybody talking about it, like Quato and all that stuff sticking culturally relevant. Like the fact that something of this scope could succeed so much and then Hollywood's only real lesson from it is, well, we could spend less money and make the same. Like, yeah. That How sucks. do they keep making the decisions when obviously it <sighs> yeah. it is it has been proven what people want to see, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's I mean, it's capitalism. Capitalism requires for the people who well, are risking the, the money, money to make money, effort, right? Yeah. 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 So yeah, it's if it certainly if you you put state funds towards things which tons of countries do and we've we've talked about movies like that uh, a lot you could come up with some creative stuff that maybe isn't for literally everybody but is interesting and fun and entertaining or whatever it may be uh yeah you're not going to get that level of risk especially with CGI anymore like if they can fall back on CGI they will and mm. I Dude. yeah this stands as a monument though yeah (laughs) fuck man like it is right there at the apex like effects after this this is when we start getting more stuff being done with cg of course jurassic park was really huge in that push yeah Uh which you know there's not that much in that movie but i remember that was the one where people are like oh my god this is the future we're going to do special effects with computers now. There's not going to be stuntmen and puppets and mm. miniatures and shit. We're going to do it all on the computer now. Yeah. But this movie just happens to have come out at that apex where we have really, you know, gotten some incredible special effects artists on the team. They know how to put this stuff together. They know how to shoot it. And dude, the special effects in this are just so unflinching. Yeah. Like they just show you close ups. Yeah. Like not even trying to hide it because they're yeah. like, look, it looks fucking great, right? And like, it they does. show you entire, you know, monologue scenes with Quato. Yeah. Close ups. Fucking, yeah. Close Zooming up. in on his face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No problem. It shows no. us like fake Arnie heads several times yeah. in this. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, eyes and tongue blowing up on Mars, the, the scene where he's transforming from the lady yeah, uh-huh. and like it comes away from her head in those like bands, which I think that's a little CG right there, but there's like a, an Arnie double head underneath and shit. Like they don't even try to hide the effects. They are in plain sight. They're brightly lit, not even trying because they had gotten so good at it that it looks so convincing, even on a close up. Phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. I mean, it's just not. Uh, not surprising that it won the award for visual effects at the Academy Awards. Like, oh it, my god, man! 
yeah it's it is you know and and we got like not just that the sets and stuff like the the huge like uh nuclear reactor thing at the center of mars is cool all like a, a a large uh, set and it's amazing. I mean, you know, I'll you got miniatures cool about and stuff, that. but it's gigantic. I learned today that nuclear reactor looking thing that's happening inside of the uh, of the you know, of the mountain there. Uh-huh. Um, so Verhoeven had this idea that it should be you know really like inside like what a nuclear reactor looks like, right? And the concept art they kept giving him was just kind of coming up short. It wasn't really doing what he wanted to, and. One of the images that one of the artists had created there got put down in front of him upside down. Like it had fallen on the floor and mm-hmm. the image was upside down. Yeah. And that's where we get like the the rods coming down, sinking into the material mm-hmm. and shit. That was actually all supposed to be completely inverted. But yeah. Verhoeven looked at the accidentally upside down image and he's like, oh, that's it. That's exactly what it should look like. So it was that's actually great. a happy accident that even yeah. created that shit. That's awesome. Yeah, I uh, I saw uh, a, ma- a couple of making of, and I heard him talking a little bit about that, uh, about how like, you know, once he saw that, he just had you know this the idea of skyscrapers coming downward was yeah. like in his head, and that you, when you look at it that way, it kind of looks like yeah, these huge so skyscrapers sick, just going inward. Yeah. But, but then you've also got all the great, like, 80s future, brutalist, hard-angle concrete buildings that were just already in existence in Mexico City where this was fucking filmed. Yeah, I think, like, uh, you know, choosing brutalist architecture is perfect for a capitalist dystopia. Like, uh, Make it out of concrete. Fuck it. It's functional. Yeah. D- yeah. You don't have to cover anything. Functionality entirely. Yeah. It'll it's last so forever. interesting that, that that is the projection of, of like, oh, under communism, you're, all your houses go going to look the same. And then you drive through the suburbs and it's like, so is this communism? <laughs> really? This is better? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love the look of this movie, man. And, you know, having been to Mexico City many times, yeah. I can tell you there is still tons of that brutalist concrete architecture around there. It's it's right next to, like, crazy, like, Spanish villas and weird, like, um, um, like bohemian-looking architecture. Like, Mexico City is everything all at once. It's really fucking cool. But they yeah. really chose to focus on the weird futuristic parts of it yeah. uh, that are just already in place for this movie, which is rad. They did a few things like replace some of like the, you know, the, the screens and some of the, you know, little high tech things and all that right. jazz. But most of the structures in this were pre-existing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, I mean, I think, I think that like the, the aesthetic throughout uh whether on earth or on mars like they clearly put a lot of thought into making that work because like the aesthetic on mars it feels like both like you're in a futuristic place but that it was put up with the least amount of material possible like Hmm. it's it's not brutalist because there's no architecture to it it's just the, yeah. the you know as as utilitarian as possible because it's a mine you know like there are people living here but even their living quarters are essentially just little bitty cubbies in the, the you know uh, along the path 
Like well, it's not a civilization; it's a work colony. Exactly. Yeah. Now, and, and I yeah, I think that like the the comparison then yeah of like this this would just be an absolute work colony. It's like yeah, is Earth any different? Is Earth any different mm-hmm. than just a work colony? Like I like that comparison. I love all the '80s future tech shit, man. Yeah, all the cars are like yeah. super angular and wedge-like. So cool. Yeah, man, it, it kills me, dude. That like we could just make cars that look like that shit. We could, we could just have some fun. Well, but they, we don't. But Come on. Have you thought about how it could look like a shoebox? Kind of. I mean, maybe it could look like a shoebox instead. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Could. <laughs> maybe you're right. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, dude, the look of the movie is just fucking fantastic. And, uh, dude, the, the cast, man, come on. Yeah, it's come wild. There's so many people in this. And I, I as I said, uh, you know, Ronnie Cox and, and Michael Ironside are just going insane. Arnold is uh, doing a great job. Sharon Stone is awesome in this. Uh, totally forgot she was in this. Yeah. The opening credits is like Sharon Stone. I'm like, who the fuck is she? Then it's like, oh, she's like two scenes into the movie. Holy shit. Yeah. I yeah I, I uh, Marshall Bell who plays uh, George slash Quato uh, and also does the voice of Quato like I've seen him in a ton of things including uh, Night Around Elm Street two where he plays the coach who gets whipped to death by towels shit that is what I knew him <laughs> from dude the yeah. whole time I was watching this I was like I know I recognize this guy from something yeah holy shit that is totally him yeah I mean the, the and and everybody like even you know uh just small throw off roles like dr edgemar like roy brocksmith is going wild in that he's scene great. He's yeah awesome dang hank from breaking bad is in here too oh yeah <laughs> dean norris is also in here yeah yeah i didn't recognize him as the fucking pussy face guy that's his name right yeah it's yeah. his name pussy yeah face benny guy. dude who's that guy uh benny uh yeah mel johnson jr he's he's uh uh done a ton on broadway uh and had just like he had like right before this had dealt with a role where they wanted him to essentially just be a black stereotype and so when he saw this role and the description of the character was uh he was a jivester he instantly just kind of like threw the script Mm. across the room because he was just like tired of that shit yeah but he was encouraged to read it. He read the. Re- he ended up reading. It and he was like, "Oh, so this character, what what he likes about the character is the character is, is bad, like that. It's the character is using the stereotypes to draw them in, and then he turns on them. Like he, you know, he keeps saying he has five kids and stuff, and like he's essentially pretending using their uh, stereotypical beliefs about black men against them." Uh, and then, you know, it's revealed that those things are all lies and he's, you know, he's caught them essentially. So like once he saw that there was a lot more to the character, uh, he, he was into it. And I think I'm, I'm really glad cause I think that he like, he brings something to the character, which is like, there's a charm and whatnot to it. But even if you, I don't know, for me, I didn't remember you know from childhood that benny was necessarily bad so i'm watching and i'm like i'm sold on him a little bit but then i'm like wait a second like some of the things he's doing is a little bit suspicious but then we keep getting moments where it's like oh no 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 he's good he's cool 
But then it's like, well, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, and then when he turns, it's like, oh, good. <laughs> cool. I see now. Like, they're not going to, because I really was just like, oh, they're just going to easily get away here. They're just going to put on their spacesuits and walk off with Quato. Uh, yeah. No. Nope. Quato gets killed by Benny. What? Great Jesus, reveal. Dude. Great moment. I, I think the third act, you know, suffers a, a little bit, but I'll talk about whether or not it's suffering or if that's just the way we should interpret the writing of the memory itself. Right. Is right? it playing yeah. by its own rules? And yeah. that's why it is the way it is. I yeah. love that reveal too. And Benny has the mutant arm. He like pops that yes. hand off uh-huh. and that weird, like insectoid kind of arm pops out. That looks so fucking good. What a great effect. Yeah. Um, I do think, you know, and some of the, the criticism of the movie was that the, the women characters are pretty flat. I hmm. think that, I don't know that that's, fair entirely but they don't have a ton to do i think sharon stone's character is not entirely flat like there's something there she 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 has this like you know um she's putting up this front she has this other man she's in love with she hates mars she's mad as hell at this guy at quaid like i think there's a lot more going on with that but there's not a ton in the script for her to do uh, mm-hmm. yeah. But I think the fact that uh, Melina is a little flat is because he chose that. He chose for her to be demure, but uh, uh, what was it? Demure, but slutty or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah he chose this male fantasy of a flat character. Like, yeah, that's just what he wanted. So. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't I don't know that that can be criticized so much, but it is. I, th- I feel like it's a shame that neither one of them gets more to do um fair but again like i i think like we are talking about a male fantasy like that's what this is one particular male's fantasy Mm -hmm. and that particular male's fantasy he doesn't seem to value women highly Mm -hmm. uh and that sucks but that just tells us about that character more than uh being you know about women about women exactly that's That's what I'm thinking is that like when we're thinking about this character, like we're shown him being, you know, kind of meek with his wife and whatnot. But this is this is the memory he paid for. Right. Like he's not going to remember himself being an asshole or anything like this is all fantasy. So totally, man. Yeah, it's it's real hard. Then, I mean, I know that Verhoeven and others weren't happy with the the third act as Hmm. is but as a viewer if we just take it at face value and go like oh the writing is bad because the person who wrote the memory was bad at writing or because the person having the memory would love that ending right it doesn't matter that it doesn't make sense or isn't really great this person is the one who paid to have the memory and that's the ending they would want that's right. Yeah, it, it kind of does the the really convenient thing of automatically solving any problems that you might have right. with the movie. Where <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, there's so many times where it's like Benny was just right there waiting on him again. Right. Like yeah. there's 20 uh-huh. times in the movie where Benny is just conveniently there waiting on them, 
even even like towards the end of the movie where it's just like, oh, we need to get to the alien reactor. Yeah, thing. and he where shows up it? with the drill. It's right here. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah like yes, that, that's almost like shit that happens in your dreams where absolutely the thing that yeah. I need to go to, it's right here. Let's go to uh-huh. it now. And but it's that's just there. That's the thing is like earlier in the movie, the the guy who was selling him the memory talked about like shady cab drivers dude the whole movie he talks about lost luggage shady yes. cab drivers like like all sorts i love of, the one line yes. that guy that little technician drops who's like blue skies on mars haven't seen that one yeah and then immediately somebody else starts talking to kind of bury that line right yeah if you don't if you don't pay attention in that scene like a lot of the things that are being said just even little background things by the assistant are like but they are part of what's going to happen. Like he mentions the blue skies on Mars and that is our ending, which then means like that fully justifies like, okay, that's the ending this guy would want. That's the ending yeah. of this memory. The memory doesn't have to be well-written. It's well, about but at the, the same time, person enjoying it. It's all being based on stuff that they are pulling from his own memories and or, well, there, maybe, there's yeah. so much little <laughs> there's so much little stuff in there that is like foreshadowing and context clues and shit like even i don't remember if it's like the receptionist that's in there like changing her nail color oh, or if that, it's whatever that thing is needs to exist i want that yeah, yeah. totally uh-huh. or maybe it's uh uh dr lull the lab tech lady but like one of them is wearing earrings that look like the fucking reactors that you see at the end of the oh movie. really yeah. Oh, I didn't notice that. That's cool. They though. got like little yeah. dangly post things under like yeah. a pyramid. It's and, really, really cool. Yeah. Just tiny details. And even like, okay, this is one I saw in like a video I was watching earlier about just little things hidden in the movie. But that uh, the technician lady that's there, like that gives him the shot in the neck and stuff. Uh-huh. So before he goes to sleep, uh, she is Dr. Lull, right? Uh-huh. Which obviously the meaning of lull to lull you to sleep or whatever and then after he wakes up and all the shit is like going wrong and you know he's enacting the ego fantasy thing and they're like what's going on we haven't even implanted it yet she's referred to by her first name which is renata uh-huh. uh renata is translated to rebirth huh it's like there's little details like that that are so fucking cool in the movie man hmm that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah, I think like I I I understand the reading of he everything up to the point where he comes in for the memory is just real. And that's his life and, and the these things and he's just Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. And that that's just who he is. He's every man Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, totally. But I also think like it makes all the sense in the world for me for the entire thing to be the memory in that um, it's like all the things that are introduced in the first 15 minutes serve as anchors throughout the movie for everything else. And I feel like Mm. implanting a memory is that like it's finding anchors. It's finding things that they know happened or know are real and then using them and lacing them throughout so that the implanted memory feels real. Uh, and in fact, memory implantation has been studied, uh, especially throughout the 90s following the satanic panic. That's right. Uh, and they, well, and obviously all the fucking MKUltra stuff and all that too. Right, you know? yeah, yeah. And yeah, they absolutely found 
surprisingly found in the 90s that you can convince people uh, about 50% of people uh, that they have a memory of something that never ever happened yep uh I, I don't know if anything ever happened with that did they ever use that research against us in any way no no, no. surely not <laughs> baron stain bears we're looking at you guys <laughs> oh boy. we're looking at you guys yeah uh i'll tell you what though uh the the fact that this movie also makes me just question like so if you could have a memory implanted and we we again as i said there's been research done on it about 50 percent of people in the in some of the studies seem to be susceptible to having a memory implanted yep how much can you trust any memory i know right i know it is really really uh murky waters right yeah yeah it really like and that's what i think the movie does real well is and I think this is probably like someone really thinking through what would it take to implant a memory, but the fact that they have, uh, you know, Dr. Edgemar show up and say like, no, this isn't real. Like none of this is real, et cetera. I'm not here. Yeah. But then also have him sweat, which throws a little bit of doubt. Like, I think all of that is to make the memory implantation stick. It adds texture. It adds depth. It adds this, like, uh, your brain has to make sense of everything that's going on, so it has to latch on to the memory that's happening. Well, even your idea that the entire thing from frame one of the movie is the memory entirely serves to hide where the memory began. It's like in order to fully disguise that in your brain and make your brain accept it you couldn't have the memory of when it started when they implanted it in you it would have to be buried so far back that it's already begun before you even think it started yeah and yeah using using the memory of you coming to get the memory implanted as part of the memory perfect cover perfect Perfect cover cover. yes hidden in plain sight (laughs) and you know that that idea that you've had here also explains one thing that i had questions about which is why when the movie starts and he's just an ordinary guy that's not had his memory tampered with right he is already having dreams about being on mars with Melina. yeah that and it first is dream it's it's yes. not some shadowy well it was a dark-haired woman i never saw no, her face no, like Melina. it is her yeah mm-hmm. and, and then that comes true later so well, but that, that going on. event doesn't happen that, as I said, that is not an event that happens in the movie. That's just a dream he has. Mm-hmm. It, he, they never walk in spacesuits on Mars. Right. Like at yeah. any point in the movie. So, it's cool because the ending yeah. shot with the blue skies mimics that opening exactly. shot. Exactly. Yeah, but so they're not like, in spacesuits and the sky's blue. It's cool. Okay. So then like, and, and, and this is like, to me, I, I think that all makes sense because you're starting the memory on a dream which like leads the brain into the concept of like i'm already thinking about this but really it's not even like it's not even a dream it's an implanted memory itself but there's also and this is just a wild and 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 i'm pulling a, a little element from how did this get made is this a jacob's ladder scenario oh dude right oh it's so fun to think of it that way did he die in the opening and this is what's going through his brain as he dies? Oh my god. 
God, that'd be so fucking cool. <laughs> See, again, you can watch the movie from that perspective. Totally. Yeah, absolutely, you can. Choose your own yeah. adventure, man. Choose your own adventure, Total Recall. So here's the only thing that's weird about that, about, honestly, any viewing of the movie uh, other than it's real. Yeah. So there are scenes in this movie that don't feature Quaid. Yes, and that, if it's all a memory, how would that make sense, right? How would he have a memory of a scene where he wasn't in the room? Yeah. And also, too, if it is an implanted memory, how did he not glean information from what was being talked about in the scenes that don't feature him in it? Yeah, I I did think that, and at a certain point I came to, I think, the only answer is, I think that the person that is getting this memory implanted is dumb dude i wonder if like you know after you kind of put this idea out there that the entire thing you know was the memory from start to finish like they mentioned this person that's been lobotomized by this procedure multiple times in the movie Uh they mention him they want you to remember this guy even though we never see him we never Never meet him him. nothing never find out who it is right like, dude, I wonder if this entire thing is just his memory. Like, are right. we watching the implanted memory of the guy who fucking died having this done? Absolutely well, possible. Absolutely possible. And that that's like, that, I mean, like, one of the things that is wild to me is that after, uh, you know, 16 years of work and 40 drafts of a script and, uh, you know, going through several different directors, including Cronenberg being attached for, for a good bit, like uh, all that. And we land on a script that, it, it, you know, as you said, Dan O'Bannon is credited on this, but Gary Goldman can be largely um, credited for kind of making some things all connect because they brought in gary goldman because they didn't fully have a third act and they didn't like certain things specifically some dialogue and stuff so he he did a lot of like my might be considered minor work that actually brings everything together and makes it work and he is also the writer of big trouble in little china so, oh shit, man! Yeah, there are a lot of names attached to this, and, and they're I th- awesome. <laughs> yeah, and I think like yeah, that original script and some of the stuff like rewrites along the way, and then Gary Goldman just polishing it up, and Paul Verhoeven having a great uh, you know understanding of how to make mind bending stuff like this work in a way where people aren't going to walk away and feel cheated. Yeah. Which you could. You could feel cheated with the ending of this. You could just be like, wait, what? Like Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> but I I think for me, I don't I don't walk away feeling cheated. I walk away as you said, like just like my mind's racing. I'm trying to think of all the different layers and figure out like what makes the most sense to me. Absolutely, dude. Yeah. I, I love it, man. And it's something that we have seen copied in so many movies past this, dude. <laughs> yes, I mean, we have. Mm-hmm. The, the Matrix, I mean, is a yeah. very obvious one that even goes yeah. as far as to giving you the red pill to escape the simulation. Like, yes. it's absolutely referencing this movie. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind uh-huh. has yeah. so much of this movie in it. It does. It absolutely does. Um, Blade Runner, which came before this, yeah. was also mm-hmm. Philip K. Dick. So no yeah. surprise there. It fun- you know, dealing with these these functions of like, 
am I real because I think I'm real? How do I know that reality is real? How do I know right. that my memories are true? How do I know that this isn't the first day of reality for all I know? Like that's, yeah. dude, I, I swear, man, for like as long as I remember, I have had ideas about, you know, the possibility of us all living in a simulation. Like I've oh, had absolutely. These, like, Me too. These, these thought experiences my whole life where I'm like, what if today is actually the first day of reality. Yeah. And yeah. all of my memories were just implanted. And I just yeah, woke they up feel today real, as, but They feel real to me, sure. Yeah, you can only experience them by by remembering them. So Yeah, I and that's pretty I, flimsy. Yeah, you know? it's pretty flimsy. Yeah, memory, as we said, memories can be implanted. Memories change over time. Like Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So like I've had these ideas forever, and it's always been like a really fun, you know kind of nihilistic thought experiments in a lot of ways for me just to think sure. of it that way yeah. where it's like what if what if today was just the grand result of some some guy running the simulation being like okay we're gonna run a simulation to see what would happen when a 39 year old male straight musician uh has a podcast to do and a guest guitar solo to record yeah. let's run the simulation and see how he handles it with you know, these other exterior factors. Let's just sure. see. And for all I know, when I go to sleep tonight, it's over. And that's, yeah, the, that's of, it. the entire uh-huh. thing. There's yeah. nothing I can do to prove that that's not what's going on. 100%. No, I, I, I absolutely. Yeah. I grew up loving movies like this because it would always like verify that I wasn't the only one thinking these things. Yeah. Uh, and as an adult, it's real nice to be reminded like, yeah, no, tons of other adults are thinking about these same things. You're not alone. It's normal to be considering this stuff. It's a good reminder, too, because when, you know, uh, I very easily fall into uh, everything's a simulation, etc. Um, and when I do that, I oftentimes forget, like, okay, but if it is a simulation, like, people have feelings and stuff. Like, you still have to, even even if... Uh, everything you're experiencing isn't real. Like you still, it's all I have. It's so. all you got. It's all you got. So you really just have to make the most of it. Um, and it it, it sucks. <laughs> it yeah. sucks to to think of it that way. To think like, oh, none of this could matter, but could I be. also have to experience it. So yeah. Oh man, yeah. it, it's such a mind fuck. And that's obviously something that goes all the way back to. Uh, I mean, fuck, dude. Was it uh, uh, Plato in the cave? The shadows on the wall of the cave. I mean, it all goes back to a long time ago. We've been dealing with this stuff for a really long time, questioning our own reality. And I just tend to love whenever pieces of fiction go in that direction to explore those Mm -hmm. possibilities. I mean, obviously, I love The Matrix and some of those other flicks I talked about. Uh, Inception is also another one that clearly is, you know, dabbling with the same subject matter. I mean... I, I say that it was influenced by it, but at the same time, it's like, as I just said, it's not like Total Recall invented the idea of what if this is all fake? I mean, no, no, but it's, I mean, it is a highly influential movie at a very specific time at 1990, you know, about eight, nine years before any of these things you're talking about would come out. So there's very, like, a very much this likelihood that there's an influence. I mean, because Matrix also has like these huge like landscapes that look like miniatures and whatnot though i think they're probably cgi but yeah um that matrix also does a lot of things that you see in this movie so i could see some influence in that and the wachowskis have definitely like 
they're, they're definitely nerds. So. Oh yeah, they know yeah. this stuff inside yeah. out for sure, man. You know, speaking of the of the idea of wanting this, you know, new reality, this memory implant, uh, and some of the ideas that you're putting out about this, that makes the the question that I had that started as kind of a funny idea. It makes it more deep and more sad for a couple of reasons. Okay, so. I had this idea earlier today where I was like, okay, you're fucking Arnie. You're in your forties and jacked as fucking shit. Still uh-huh. look like goddamn, you know, Captain America. Uh, your wife is Sharon Stone, who is uh-huh. smoking hot. You seem yeah. to have a pretty comfortable lifestyle. Yeah. Who the fuck would want a vacation from being Arnie? Like, who the fuck? <laughs> yeah, and that, that that is like one of the criticisms of the film because the, the short story is about an everyman character getting to experience being unique and special. And Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger is a bodybuilder <laughs> who he is, is unique gigantic and, and unique and special and... Yeah, him him seeking solace from I don't know having to have sex with Sharon Stone. Uh, okay, <laughs> but at the same time, it is kind of sad to show you that he is, you know, even though he outwardly has all these things that a lot of us want—huge, big muscles, and you know, gorgeous hot wife, and uh-huh. uh, pretty decent living—he yeah. still yearns for more. It's still, even though by sure. appearances looks great, it's still something in him that wants to be something unique something more something special it kind of goes to show you that even though you have the big muscles and the gorgeous wife sometimes that's still not enough yeah i think well i mean it's obvious that you know this is written well before i mean i think maybe some video game existed in 1966, but I'm not positive on that. Um, but well before the idea of people like living out fantasy lives in video games. But the fact that you can live out a fantasy life in a video game and people do it uh, oh, yeah, constantly totally. is, is pretty well proof that it doesn't matter who you are. People just kind of want to experience a different experience. Man, I'm telling you, like I've had this philosophy forever. All you got to do to really know somebody inside and out is watch which characters they pick in fighting games, dude. Like, <laughs> look at the people that always gravitate towards the bruisers. Look yeah. at the people that want to be the light, agile chicks. That right. Are, you know, fast and light damage. Like, uh-huh. look at the guys that choose the all-arounders. Like, it tells you a lot about the person that you want to be, the characters you gravitate towards in fighting games, for <laughs> fucking sure. Awesome. I you never know? thought about it, but yeah, you're right. It's I a mean, thing, dude. I, I say it'd probably be true of Mario Kart as well. So, Absolutely so, you yes. You can totally, translate man. that if you're not a fighting game fan. Yeah. But I like your idea, too, though, where if this, you know, from the start is all the memory, then this guy that chose this memory wanted to be some big, beefy Jack guy. Yeah. Like that, that works out perfect for why this every every man character we're supposed to follow working his nine-to-five jackhammer job is already some fucking superhero action figure looking yeah. guy. Yeah. And, and, yeah, then, like... Yeah, we have no idea who's really experiencing this or or whatever. It would just be it's fantasy fulfillment, and honestly, like that that is a lot of what I think. Um, you know, because I know a ton of us through the '80s were watching Schwarzenegger movies as kids and watching like Hulk Hogan as kids. And a, a lot of that was this like fantasy fulfillment of one day I'll be this gigantic adult. 
Oh, dude, I just can, figured, like, you turned 20 and you had big WWF muscles. Me too. I swear. Yeah, like, I, I kept I waiting. So I was like, when do I grow the muscles? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had the Hulk Hogan workout set, so I was working Hell on yeah. them. Yeah. Shit, yeah. <laughs> saying your prayers, taking your vitamins, baby. Taking, I was lifting those little blue weights. Ooh, boy, yeah. I'll tell you what. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think that, like, so much of just uh, these big muscly guys was fantasy fulfillment for a particular set of of young boys totally and absolutely so, so using arnold schwarzenegger as this who would this everyman character want to pretend to be is kind of perfect um i know man and it's just another one of those times that it's totally unexplainable man but like arnie in a lot of these movies that we know and love is simultaneously like the most perfect choice and the worst choice ever to play these roles. <laughs> like it's so hard to describe yeah. because he is so just ultra distinct. That accent is heavy as fuck. He cannot yeah. disguise it. Like not he's not all. like like there's so many of those actors, you know, that you you finally see a candid interview with him and you're like, "Oh shit, he's British? What the <laughs> fuck? I had no idea all this time." No, yeah. Arnie is just always fucking Arnie. Always That's Arnie. just who he yeah. is. Yeah. Totally undisguised, um, extremely extreme in all ways. It's kind of funny, man. It kind of goes back to that thing we've talked about many times on the show about how given a long enough time span, the limitation becomes the appeal, you know? Yeah, eight, absolutely. Eight bit, eight bit artwork, chip right. tunes, mm-hmm. all this stuff where, yeah, it, it wasn't that way by design. It was just right. the m- most they could work with. That becomes the appeal after you've been exposed to it long enough, and that's that's Arnie movies, dude. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, he, I mean, uh, a super advanced AI created a robot and gave it an Austrian accent. <laughs> an Austrian why? accent for some fucking reason. Okay. Why? <laughs> but I don't think about it ever. I just watch nope. the movie and go like, I guess that's what robots sound like. <laughs> sure. Why not, man? Yeah. The limitation becomes the appeal, and that's that's Arnie's entire career. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's funny because, like, I know that when we were kids and, you know, teenagers in the 90s, it's like you thought about Arnie, you thought about just meathead shit. It's just like, oh, just fucking dumbass action movies. But, man, a lot of these flicks have so much depth to them. They do. <laughs> they do. I think he he very much is is clearly interested in these types of films and did more beyond this as well. Um, he, you know... He is a meathead in, in a lot of ways, um, but I think he also he strives for more. Like yeah, he yeah. wants to be more, and he wants to he wants to do these interesting thought experiment types of films. Uh, and it's it's crazy to me that he does things like Running Man and Total Recall, and then is like, "Yeah, I'm a libertarian," and it's like. What? How? <laughs> what? The, so you made you those the movies scripts? and you're like, the corporations are right. <laughs> yeah, okay. Apparently. All right. That's strange. It, oh, yeah. by the way, it's also fun in here that we get to see him as the antagonist also. Like, he is yeah, his own worst uh-huh. enemy in this yes. movie. Yeah, that's great. It is, and, and he does do something different with, uh, oh, what's his name? Hauser. Yeah, he, his mannerisms are totally Hauser. different completely differently than than he plays uh quaid yeah yeah man it's so good dude and man 
the violence in this is so glorious. This movie is so <laughs> fucking violent. This is more violent than ninety percent of the movies we do on this fucking yes, horror more movie people podcast. Die in this than die in most horror movies. The kill count is seventy-seven people. It's crazy. Like that's more than like most of our you know slasher icons kill in their entire ten movie career, dude. Yeah, and we're not just talking about like enemy combatants. It's not like oh two sides firing at each other. It's just a bunch of innocent people getting killed. Like oh, crazy. Yeah. Oh man, and it's it's brutal. And apparently, it was even more brutal originally. Man, <laughs> Paul loves violence. He does. He does. <laughs> If you've seen RoboCop, you fucking yeah, know. Absolutely. Apparently those scenes like when uh, when Richter gets like his arms ripped off in that uh-huh. elevator, yeah. which is so great. And dude, it is. the follow-up of like, see you at the party is so good. <laughs> it's so fucking good. He's just holding these two severed arms, see you yeah. at the party, and throws them down. <laughs> apparently that was like way more brutal. Benny's death when he gets, uh, screw you, he gets drilled, yeah. was apparently mm-hmm. way savage, and they had to tone down a lot here. I wish... I could have seen those original scenes, yeah. dude. Yeah, me too. I wish there was some sort of like un- unrated edition of this because I, yeah, I, I love how much Paul Verhoeven just loves unflinching. Oh, violence. Because like it's you know you watch a, a Rambo movie and people get shot at and just fall over. Uh, yeah, fall down. Like, yeah, yeah. Like in this, it's like no. When people get shot, it's it's gruesome it's Dude, terrible i'm telling you one thing i was really appreciating in this you know every time well it sounds weird to say appreciating but whenever you see people getting yeah mowed down by machine guns and shit the squib work in this you don't yeah. see this in movies anymore mm-hmm. like those squibs that go off and they go off with such force that they like tear the clothing yeah uh-huh. and blood ruptures out of them like i'm sure some of the pain you see on these people's faces is real because that shit had impact and they don't they don't use those anymore but it's kind of like that scene um in robocop when that guy gets right. shot by like eight thousand bullets yes. up in that boardroom scene and uh-huh. you're like I, I guess he's dead for sure i guess they just murdered that man yeah yeah like he knows and, and you know it's him and rob Botton, obviously really knew how to make gunshots that looked very fucking real yeah they look mm-hmm. fantastic on screen and the blood spray and everything it's just it's perfect, man. Great, great, great violence in this. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, some of the other criticisms I saw uh, were that, you know, the fact that uh, one of the mutations is three titties. It's like... Three it's titties! Ob- it's obviously so, like, aimed at, you know, pleasing the audience and whatnot, whereas all the other mutations are unattractive. This one just happens to be three titties. <laughs> Uh, okay you know what that's that's a fair point the other mutations less attractive but she just happens to get an extra boob because it would be better than perfectly formed right in the middle yeah that's fair but again if this entire thing is a male fantasy that some guy paid for checks out that makes sense what would a man want more than anything a third boob right in the middle I wouldn't, you know, and if you either. want that, all, all you got to do, yeah. it, it's hard to beat symmetry, but all you got to do, just kind of cross your eyes a little bit, looking at a pair oh, of boobs. Yeah, you, you can, can make it yourself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can choose how many you want to see, guys. Come on. Yeah, the the um, actress who played that character, Mary Licia Naff, uh, 
has actually worked in journalism for a while and was one of the journalists to uh, help to expose Cosby in 2014. No shit. Yeah. So, Whoa. yeah, uh, she she definitely has said that she she felt exposed, yeah. even though her actual breasts weren't out in this movie, yeah. like that because it's so realistic looking and her shirt's just open and people are still looking at them the way you look at breasts. Uh, I, I think it's interesting that character, as you said, like w- when we're looking at this as a memory that is being implanted by a man who's just playing out a fantasy. Of course, that makes sense. But if you're trying to see this as a movie in which, like, everything that is happening is just on face value, like, this is a movie about a guy who wanted to get a memory implanted, but instead ends up going to Mars because his actual memory was erased. Yeah. Then, yeah, it's like, well, why is there a mutant with three titties? Well, and either way, you're participating in it, you know? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So, there is that. See, I like to think of it in a little bit more fun context than that, though. Let's not get too down in the doldrums here. I like to think that Paul Verhoeven was maybe looking at, like, the uh, the, the, the guidelines for ratings, and he was like, let's just see here. How many boobs can I show in a movie? <laughs> and it was an odd number. It was, like, nine. <laughs> and he was like, so I could show the same woman's boobs four times, and then in one scene, she is just dumping one out. Hmm. <laughs> What if I am showing three boobs three times on the same woman? Then I reach the guideline of nine boob. He's from Holland. So I'm doing he is from Holland, Holland yeah. Accent, that, and that's you know? not a bad impression, honestly. I think that's what happened, honestly. That's how they, they landed on the three boobs. Yeah, I mean, listen. Uh, Checks out. I, I'll tell you this. When little me saw this, I was just appreciative that boobies were on screen. Um, adult me seeing this. I I can completely understand people criticizing it, but as you said, and as as I keep saying, it's male fantasy, yeah. and this male in particular has he's I like the the fantasy is he's got a hot wife at home, but he's gonna go to another planet to get another hot chick. Like the guy sucks, and there. I think he's dumb. I think the person having this memory is a piece of shit who's kind of dumb it and could be that's okay because the movie is playing out all cer- sorts of like interesting philosophical concepts and also uh you know essentially is just a, a very simplistic western about the boss of a mining town taking on this hero who's come in with his white hat like sure sounds like it when you put it that way yeah it's in this case the white hat is a lobotomy (laughs) (laughs) or that lady's head that he threw at them and then it explodes (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) love that yeah two weeks (laughs) (laughs) two weeks she did so great with her face like that oh my god so good yeah Oh, okay. I'll use this as an opportunity to point out, though. I mean, you're talking about some of the scummier elements of this, but look, at the same time, even the bad guy in this, Richter, during that scene, hey, man, he corrects his pronouns. Did you catch that? Yes, I did catch that, in fact. Yeah. He goes, get him. Her. her." Right. Yeah. That was interesting. There's also, you know, the, the, the nurse or the doctor, Dr. Lull, asks if uh you know tells him to be honest and ask his sexuality and when he says heterosexual she seems kind of disappointed yeah totally <laughs> like, yeah. Oh. 
<laughs> um, th- there's also uh, another little like cameo that I th- thought was interesting, and I-, I had to look him up because I had seen him a million times. It's uh, 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 Mickey Jones who plays a burly miner whenever like they're in the little train coming in and uh they look he's looking out the window and he sees like the big huge like mountain and that guy says i used to work there in that mine oh yeah yeah yeah. mickey jones uh the drummer for the first edition kenny rogers band that sang uh, a version of uh, uh uh just dropped in to see what my condition my condition was in holy shit are you serious <laughs> i am serious the guy has why like, is he in here <laughs> he, he was starting acting and he's in like a ton of other stuff after this uh but wow. he's just got that one line in this and i was like he looks so familiar so i had to look him up and he isn't a ton of stuff i've seen but happens to have also been a drummer for bob dylan and for uh the first edition and <laughs> several other bands so that's pretty cool well, he's a drumming man. He's an acting man. He's a music man. And uh, like I mentioned before, this has soundtrack by the legendary Jerry Goldsmith. I think That's one right. of the most incredible composers in film history. And everything that he does in this serves the movie entirely. Like one thing I wanted to point out as a potential critique criticism is that there's not really a super memorable theme to this movie. Like I can't... I can't think of what the Total Recall song is, you know? It's not like thinking about the Terminator theme or some other iconic, you know, Arnie flicks. Um, But at the same time, this movie is so full of action and explosions and gunfights and loud shit all the time that there's not really a ton of room for, like, super memorable soundtrack. It's really just supporting what's going on on screen, and that's kind of exactly what a soundtrack is supposed to do you know yeah i think so i think like it it yeah it never has anything that does stand out but at no point is it not like rocking like it's it's yeah. like it's killing it which yeah you're right like that does exactly what a soundtrack is supposed to do it's providing the atmosphere providing the tone while not overtaking any of the action or any of the dialogue so yeah yeah i mean yeah like it is considered some of his finest work even though as you said like there's not a standout necessarily Mm -hmm. there's some interesting little touches they do with the soundtrack that's kind of cool too so early in the movie when we see the commercials for the total recall company it's got this particular little you know musical thing going on behind it and as the movie is ending and we're getting that white fade, the possible return to reality or the return right. to lobotomy as it could right. be, uh-huh. um, the soundtrack is that same music. Almost like you're like waking up to the Total Recall office oh. again or something, which is fucking sick, man. Okay. Like that's a sick ass touch, right? That is. Okay. I did, I did not realize that. That's really cool. Yeah, man. Did you ever see the remake? No, um, I had no interest <laughs> whatsoever in Me seeing the remake and have uh-uh. never, like, every time I, like, pass it on some streaming service, I'm like, why? Like, why? why? Just why? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, why would no. you, why would you attempt to remake this movie that is basically perfect? I mean, th- this movie has 
It has so much stuff I love, dude. It has crazy existential questioning reality shit in it. It has the you could view this multiple ways kind of narrative going right. for it. It has big ass action. It has funny stuff, oh, but sure. it's not uh-huh. stupid. No, no, it's not. It's just got yeah. It's just got a few humorous moments, but it never. Yeah, it never falls into the traps a bad movie would fall into. Like if somebody who didn't know what they were doing just trying to make this exact same movie, I could see so many ways it would go bad. But oh, dude, this yeah. is just handled absolutely perfectly, it feels like to me. Totally agree, man. And whenever I started this the other night and I looked at the runtime of like two hours, it is like a full fucking two hour long movie. Uh I was like apprehensive. I was like, oh man, like I don't know if I have it in me to watch a two hour long action movie. Right. It blows by, dude. It does. It's nonstop fucking action. It is. But Mm -hmm. it's somehow not exhausting. Like there's some movies that are just nonstop and you're like, God damn, like give me a break already. Let me enjoy some. character development or something this never stops and it somehow works yeah i would agree it 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 never feels boring to me there's no moment that like i guess the moment that slows down the most is the quato moment but if you're bored during that it's like are you not seeing the little baby face man right that has (laughs) psychic powers open your mind yeah that moment is like low but yeah. it's so fucking weird and like it mystical is. and strange that it draws you in. It does. Yeah. I, I think. And also, by the way, that is a moment where uh, Quaid is seeing the narrative play out somewhere else. Like, oh. it almost then excuses if the beginning bits and earlier bits where he's not in them our narrative that he's still experiencing as part of the memory because maybe it's a mystical quato type of thing who knows you know yeah Ooh, that's cool man mm-hmm. shit it's it's fucking awesome man do you have any other big things you want to point out about the flick before we wrap up no no just that uh you know uh it's it, it is amazing to see a movie that uses so much like miniatures and set decoration and just like practical stuff like it you miss it after after so many years of seeing people standing on green screens and having nothing to interact with and whatnot like this is everything could be interacted with in some way and that's amazing shit yeah yeah man It, it gives you a hit of the real stuff when you see those those miniatures and those immaculately shot special effects that you know just took hours and hours and hours of you know work from skilled technicians. Even right, yeah. The the Quato puppet took like fifteen people to operate. It's Holy amazing, shit, man. Yeah. Like, th- there's just not people putting that much work into special effects now, and it's not because the people aren't there and wanting to do it. It's because studios are just trying to fucking save some money. Yeah, and they always have been. I mean, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, uh, if you check out this month's Legacy Brutality, we'll be talking about Lon Chaney butting up against the studios and how long it took him to do his makeup or whatever. Like, it, studios have always wanted it to be faster, cheaper, you know, uh, fewer people getting paid, etc. Uh, I, 
I miss that. I miss these real big, like, it's clear so many people worked on this type of films. Yeah, and people give a fuck about it. Like, yeah, this movie just reeks of give a fuck. Absolutely. They want everything to look perfect. Yep, and it, it does. It really, it does. really does. I agree, man. yeah. <laughs> God, what a fucking fun movie. I'm glad that we pulled this one out uh, to do for our Christmas spectacular. It had been too yeah. long since I watched it. I will watch it again so fucking many times, man. This is going to be in the regular rotation for me. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah, I should watch it more often. I do tend to, like, if I'm thinking of an Arnie movie, I'll go to things like Predator or Commando or something like yep. that. But I need to I need to remember. Yeah, Total Recall's awesome. I need to recall. Total Recall. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, slapping a number on this one. Boy, let me tell you. I don't know what I gave Running Man. I think this is a better film than Running Man, obviously. Agreed. I put it on the Mount uh, Rush Schwartz. Um, but I, you know, as, as I said, it, if we look at it straightforward and, and knowing that the people who worked on it aren't happy with the, the third act, I do see the third act issues, but I think it's excusable for all the different ways in which it can be read. Totally. Um, I don't th- like looking back 33 years the the effects are amazing like Mm -hmm. you can't find a fault with them 33 years later so that's awesome cast is great the only problems i could possibly have with this is is that like while you want the ending to be ambiguous it's hard to nail anything down as to what might be the reality of this but i don't mind that i actually like same that. so me too yeah so for me this like very easily is up in like the nine territory i feel like uh and i feel yeah. like every verhoven movie we're gonna ever do is probably gonna get a high high ranking but this one to me it's not as good as robocop but only only slightly worse like not 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 in any hugely tangible way it's just that robocop i feel like is tighter uh and this yeah. has you know some areas where i'm a little bit apprehensive about any one like reading of this but that's fun so i'm saying nine what about you yeah i get you man entirely i i'm gonna give this like a nine and a half for everything okay. that you said and the only Rad. reason i'm not going 10 is because if a movie like T2 or Predator or RoboCop is a 10, sure, this, yeah. is, this is not slightly yeah. less. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's not for any, you know, really obvious glaring reason. It's just that those movies are better. another level. It's just <laughs> yeah. another tear up. It's just yeah. better. You know? I agree. And uh, man, my God, man, this movie is just the fucking shit. I, I love it. I'll watch it so many more times from Absolutely. here on out. And uh, yeah. Huge fan of this one. I want to find out what you guys think about it over yeah. on our Facebook fan group. Join up. Hang out with your boys. Hang out with all the cool people like yourself. Give us your Mount Rush Schwartz. <laughs> Keep having to think about what that's called. <laughs> Mount Rush Schwartz. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let us know. I mean, yeah, uh, over there on Instagram, Facebook, et cetera, is all those places. We're on link, uh, Linktree forward slash dead and lovely. You can find all of our links over there. Also... 
if you want to give us some dollar papers other than heading over to our Redbubble store, uh, you can head Woo. to patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely where you can become a patron on any level and you'll get access to our Patreon exclusive episodes. Uh, that includes, you know, the Hell Rankers, the Addendum, Ben's uh, book club, his one man book club. Uh, yeah. And we'll have the Hell Rankers on Home Alone out before Christmas. So that that that'll be ready for you. So when your your family's nagging at you, oh, we want to open presents. Say shut up. I'm listening to Hell Rankers. And yeah. then that after that they can open presents. Yeah, that's right. That's what you want to <laughs> yeah. happen, right? Yeah. Oh, but also sense. if you want uh, to become a five dollar patron, you get to throw a movie into the smoking bowl, and then we draw from the smoking bowl and we cover that movie. And next week we're going to be doing that exact thing. So pay attention Woo. to the social medias on uh, Friday to see what that movie is going to be. Watch the skies. You're going to find out when we do what movie we're going to be covering on the next episode. Look forward to checking out what it is and ending the year of 20 and 23 with a bang. Mm -hmm. Woo! So, yeah, check it out. We'll find out on the next installment of Dead and Lovely. Thanks so much for listening. Hope everybody out there has a great and safe holiday weekend or just a regular weekend if you're not doing the holidays. Who gives a shit? Hope you guys have fun (laughs) either way. Yeah, me too. Ha ha ha, ho ho ho, and a couple of tra-la-las. How about it? Peace. Yep. Bye. Man, I'll tell you what, with it being the week of Christmas... Uh-huh. I've tried to set up a little bit of Christmas magic here at home. Okay. I did what I usually do around this time of year, which is to leave a half a pack of smokes out in an old coffee tin out on the porch in hopes that Jimmy Lakins, the singing Christmas hobo, will once again return. I think maybe I should check and see if he's picked up on this, and maybe he's decided to pay us a visit. What do you think? Well, yeah, I mean... Uh, it's it's that time of year, I guess. I mean, okay. Last time he stopped in, it was it was a few years ago. Is I I feel like that fella. He sure loves to sing a song when he he comes loves around. to man. Yeah. It, it's really his time of year to shine. So it'd be a real shame if we didn't let him shine this year round. So let me just let me pick up the microphone and I'm gonna I'm gonna take some steps. See if you can hear my feet here. This is me stepping. Oh, to the, okay. to the windowsill. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think I see him out there. He is here. I can see the cherry of his cigarette lit up out on the porch. Let oh, me just yeah. let me open up the door. Come on in, Jimny. Grab yourself a seat, buddy. It's good to see you again. It's Christmas time. Sit in front of this microphone and holler into that can a little bit for us. Okay, here we go. Here's Jimny Lakins, guys. It's me, kids. Jimny Lakins, hmm. the singing Christmas hobo. Yeah, I remember tell you a song about Christmas time. Have you been a good boy this year, Stevie? I I don't know that I have, but a little bit, yeah. Well, whether you've been good or bad, a little Christmas song that I'm going to sing for you Uh sure is going to bring some holiday cheer. Yeah, I need some of that. What do you know about a night that wasn't loud? It was a very quiet night in which a baby was being born Uh out in a stable long ago. It's a night called a silent night. Oh, okay. Okay. Let's, let's, uh, I think I know this one.
Let me tell you a song about it. Silent night. Holy night. All calm. All bright. All right. Round a virgin. Mama, child. Holy infant tender. Tender mile. Sleep, sleep, child. Heavenly peace. Peace. Sleeping in a heavenly peace. Let me play a little hobo lick right here. There you are now, child. It was a silent night. I feel like you're the exact person to ask about this. Now, if a virgin's giving birth, just how is it a silent night? Listen, I got a train to catch, son. I got oh, no. <laughs> Jiminy, no! I got this half a pack of smokes out here that's calling my name. I'll see you guys oh, again oh. next year. It's good to good see you, buddy. boys and girls. <laughs> wow, man. Jiminy Lakins yeah, once again making by. an wow. appearance. <laughs> it's not often you get to see him, but if you've been a good boy all year mm-hmm. long and you leave him a half pack of smokes, an old coffee can out on the porch, maybe he'll come tell you a song, too. <laughs> maybe he'll tell you one. <laughs> Bye, Jimny. Bye, Jimny. It's good to see you, buddy.